You know if you uh, go to vacation over the weekend and you forgot to take your garbage out? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what the garbage starts to smell like. Yeah. It, it tastes like the way garbage Don't sniff smells. it. Just do it. Don't sniff it. Just do it. Don't sniff it. Just do it. That is hands on the worst thing I've ever tasted. Don't sniff it. Just do it. Don't sniff it. Just do it. Don't sniff it. Just do it. Uh, let's get ready to So, Ralph last week or two weeks ago, I was starting up while I was on the take of this. Because he did that to me, now I'm starting without Ralph. Um, this is revenge for a couple weeks ago. He needed to go inside and get a seltzer. He wanted a nice uh, flavored seltzer water. Um, he's dressed like he's here for a business conference. He just hurt himself on the, the shelf. He, he's doing a dance like a dumb asshole. So, Ralph's day is going very, very well so far. Um, so, yeah, this is... Uh, I watch... Listening. First of all, you're the you listen part. You are aware of that. I'm the I watch part. Uh, I I tell watching you listen. Let's just do our reviews. Let's jump in. Welcome to You Watch I Listen. We're on episode 22. No, you're not doing the live. I'm doing our live. Okay, fuck it up again, please. Ladies and gentlemen, bros and broads, and genders of all shapes and colors, we are here to tell you about our favorite drunken podcast, Fudge and Finn's hashtag Shots for Lights podcast. Look how loud your levels are because you're being a jerk. Fudge and Finn have friends come into their studio and talk sports, video games, movies, shows, and of course have a few drinks to get loosey-goosey. The hashtag Shots for Light podcast is available on all podcast platforms including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play Music. Go follow them on Twitter at Shots for Like. You can hear Ralph grinding his teeth right now. On Instagram at Shots for Like Podcast and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Shots for Like Podcast. The longer you wait to listen, the more shots you will take on your own. Don't drink alone. Drink with us. And so um, we got to plug them again. Uh, shots for like, um, go listen to them because we were actually the guest on the ha- hashtag shots for like podcast last night with Fudge and Finn. And uh, we had an awesome time. I was a uh, pretty, pretty drunk. I was pretty bad. I, I drink more than I expected to. Um, wh- when I got home, I was trying to get the bedroom set up to go lay down and one of the cats got in and I went to go pick up the cat and I literally felt my feet leave me and I went forehead first right into the ground. Good. So that was really nice. Um, it was a, I, I laughed so hard with them last night so you'll be able to listen to the, the episode that was a fun podcast yeah they're, they're really I, I went in there i'm like i don't even know what the name of your podcast why am i so loud because you're screaming yeah but like yeah whatever because you're a fruit um so yeah so go check them out we had a really really good time with them last night and we're hoping to have them on either episode 24 or uh, 26 because we got some cool things planned for you know episode we 25 do, we also forgot we need to do with uh a wedding podcast for the week that uh yeah of the wedding because we're not going to be recording yeah that that's week. that's a good point so we got to figure something out we maybe like fiance on i'm sure she wants to be yeah i'm sure too. say her own name again oh, <laughs> edit it out so yeah welcome to, again to episode 22 of you watch i listen um we're going to be recording something after for the comedy geek podcast as well and only take us a couple minutes but go check them out they're doing a really cool bit right now um so why don't we uh ju- actually before we start um i did see a movie today um i just went and saw the um one that's getting all the rave reviews a star is born with bradley cooper and lady gaga um i so i i like bradley cooper a lot i'm a fan of lady gaga as a musician a performer not all her songs but i think she's incredibly talented 
commercials are cool. Reviews are really good, and I was surprised at how much I actually did enjoy it. Um, it it's Bradley Cooper, the fact that he taught himself to sing and play, or she taught him pl- sing and play guitar for this. Um, he did a great job. It sounded like he'd been singing for years. So uh, there, it's going to win a lot of awards come uh, Oscar and Golden Globe season. Um, and for Bradley Cooper's directorial debut as well, uh, he really knocked out of the park. And Sam Elliott's always awesome, too. I love Sam Elliott. you got to snap into it. You look like you just came off a bender. I did. <laughs> did you? I was on the shots for like podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We did. Or the morning after, but whatever the name of it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So why don't we jump into our reviews? Yeah. Uh, what do you want to do? You want to? I think you need to get into the groove more. So you go first. Okay. You All gave right. me a uh, brain dead or dead alive. Dead Peter alive. Jackson's, brain. Yes. What was the movie called? It's in North America. It was dead alive. Everywhere else, it was brain dead. Okay. So you gave me this movie, um, and I watched it actually today. Like I like just, to do. Just, just in the last few hours. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest, I did not like this movie Oh, at all. boo! Um, you don't like having fun. So I'll tell you what it is. This is not a movie for me, and there are times I can watch a movie, and I can go, okay, this isn't for me, and I like it. I had a hard time doing this. So you don't like fun? Yeah, you're right. I don't like fun. <laughs> That's what I'm getting. Um, I like Peter Jackson, and I understand it's a comedy, splatter, that sort of movie. Sure. I understand that's supposed to be corny and mm-hmm. over the top. And I went in with those expectations. Um, some of the positives, I think for the time, the special effects were a lot of the fun. The gore was so the good. The gore was very creative. The problem with the movie is, I don't feel like it's a coherent movie. It's, it's not. It's a lot of standalone 10-minute scenes <laughs> that are stitched together. When he goes to the park with the zombie. The park was great. It was, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But it's almost like something happens, thinks he's out of the woods, fights a zombie. Thinks he's out of the woods, fights a zombie. <laughs> After a while, like darkness. after a while, I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> Why like, is it happening? Time, half the time, I didn't know what was going on. Like, I'm watching the movie. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know where these zombies are from. Like, it was... I, so you hated it for the reasons I love it. it it's just not, I, I understand why people like it. I just didn't. I I kept checking to see how much time was in the movie. Dude, tell me the lawnmower wasn't fantastic. It was. And, I, it was and fun. The, the priest. The, the priest was fun. <laughs> it's there's zombie sex. Like how? I don't understand. I think you need like an injection. I didn't. Of fun I, in I your didn't life. really care for the movie. You'd be, and you'd and I want, And I didn't want to like it. I really <laughs> I did. But it just. If you're into those things, like. Yeah, so you understand. Like I understand. I, I can watch. I just I can watch almost it. any romance movie and understand why people like it, but it's highly unlikely, unless it is an exceptional film, that I'm going to enjoy it. Um, I can acknowledge why people like. it. And there it, were though. some funny scenes. The priest was funny. The scene where um, he, my favorite scene in the movie, the park's great, but the movie when he's uh, the scene where he's feeding them dinner. Oh my god! That the, was, the, uh, the what is it? The pudding or whatever? The pudding. No, 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 <laughs> not the not the scene with the pudding. Oh, when he's feeding all the zombies. zombies, and the guy puts the spoon like. <laughs> Those scenes were fine, but then it's just again fights the zombie. Nuts. His uncle, his uncle's, his <laughs> uncle looks like the father of the guy from Trailer Park Boys. It You're just, right. it or, was, it was the guy from Trailer Park Boys looks like him. It was a lot dumber than I expected. Dude, I, I, I should maybe I should have told you more. It is so insanely dumb, but that, that is exactly why a lot of people like it. It doesn't take itself seriously at the tiniest bit. I didn't enjoy it for like because what it is is it's basically a B movie, but yeah, like an over the top B movie. And I didn't enjoy it. I oh. just did it. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I did, you don't have to be sorry that your taste is terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, because that one's an Academy Award winner. No, it's not an Academy Award winner, but it's widely considered like one of the most popular and beloved films of that genre. Ever. Well, it's not beloved with me. <laughs> I, 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 I really do you do- beloved. 
<laughs> not less and less these days it seems yeah i really I'm, <laughs> i think you're gonna shift from being the the liberal on the show the social justice warrior to just being a cranker's cranky. piss all the time i, I, I mean it, so it, so it, you, it, like, you know what the movie could have done it would have been good if it was 65 minutes if it, <laughs> i think it was 65 minutes i would have enjoyed wins it best short <laughs> The Oscars. So, you know what? What was that movie that came out a few years ago? Nine, which was 71 yes, minutes. Yeah. If it was nine, I would have liked it. So, like I said, the exact reason, it sounds like the reasons you didn't like it are the exact reasons that um, fans of it really do love it. But everything you're saying, if you're if you were walking in with certain expectations, and you knew it was going to be silly, but not as silly as it actually was, I saw it at such a young age where I was able to uh, suspend disbelief for the silliness, and then maybe if I saw it at an older age, I wouldn't love it as there much as I did. There wasn't enough coherence in it. That's I think my yeah, problem that's, is that's, well, the, it's slapstick. There it's, was so little plot, and there was so little like I half the time I know what's going on. He's fighting a skeleton or uh, like a tentacle monster that's made of the intestines. <laughs> it's his mom, but it's going. It's going. <laughs> his mom murdered his father, and it makes no sense in the middle of it. Yeah. There's these little like supposed to be like these dream sequences. Why do I remember all this water? Just, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so ridiculous. There was there was not. It, it wasn't bad enough that it was so bad it was good, but it wasn't good enough that I actually enjoyed it. So you'll it was, never watch it again. I, probably, I could probably watch it again. Now. I think it's a different movie. You give it to <laughs> we me. Need to, we need you to just, give it to me under the next, the other name, three weeks from <laughs> well, now. I'm gonna give you brain dead this week, and then it's like I really liked it. <laughs> it's like Minority Report, which we, I already saw. That's how we prove you never saw. You never didn't even watch my movie recommendation. <laughs> I, I legitimately one of these days I'm just gonna read a Google page, <laughs> the and, Wikipedia, page. the Wikipedia, Wikipedia page, and tell you that I saw the movie. All right, so why don't we shift gears into my pick? Uh, you pick. I don't honestly. I don't even remember what I gave you. You gave me Uncle Acid and the Dead right, Bloodlust. Right, um, and I, I guess you definitely don't remember what you gave me because you were in such a drunken stumper. Oh, from- I do. We talked about it yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you we talked did, about it last did. night. Um, so I'm pulling back the curtain a little bit. You gave me Uncle Acid and the Dead Beats, Bloodlust. I knew nothing about this album. I had heard of Uncle Acid and the Dead Beats, but I was not familiar with the album or any of the songs. So my expectations were limited. The way you described it, even though it's a recent album, it's a callback to like the early days of metal. Yeah. which is exactly what it was sound-wise. Um, so I'm going to say right off the bat, this is my second five-star album. Nice. I loved it that much. Um, so I, I read into it after I listened to it a few times, and one of the things I loved about the album was the sound. The sound of the instruments, the sound of the, the vocals, the way it was mixed, it sounded like it was made in the 70s and 80s. One of the reasons that was is because they used instruments from the 70s and 80s when they recorded, which is really cool. It's something I really appreciate, um, a band being dedicated to its craft. It, to me, it sounded like something that if Charles Manson had a shred of talent musically, this is the, what he would have wanted it to sound like. Yeah. Um, it sounded a lot like Old Sabbath. It sounded a lot like the Stooges. Um, certain things had a Misfits Danzig kind of feel to it. Um, so right off the bat, the opening song might be the best song on the album. I'll cut you down. Um, I, I love this song. Like there were, I was listening to just this song a few times because I liked it that much. And everything just flows perfectly into each other. My least favorite song, I gave a three, and that was Ritual Knife, and I still like that song. And that's actually probably my favorite on the album. It's and, um, I love Death's Door, the second song on the album. Great song. Uh, everything on here was exactly what I wanted to hear. It, it made me feel like I'm in the Halloween season. Uh, you could tell these guys, there's so many little references to horror movies and things like that, the, um, to pop culture that involved things like murders and thi- and um, uh, witchcraft. It, it was just a really, really really cool album there are times where the vocals when you first listen to it the vocals are hard to understand they're buried they're buried but that is part of what they're trying to do they're trying to make put you in a, a period piece almost i feel like it's like um uh, if i could compare it to a movie 
it kind of is like it follows. And then it follows, it was supposed to take place now, but the way the set pieces were, the music, the way it was filmed, it felt like it was in the 70s or 80s. So while it was present day, and it was clear that it was present day in a lot of scenes, and when you go into the houses, they look like they're straight out of the 70s and 80s. So there, there's so many things I loved about this album. Um, I recommended it to Taylor from In the Pit because I feel like he would really like it. Yeah, um, yeah, it was absolutely. just a really cool, easy listen. Um, I got a couple other things from it as well. Um, um, a couple friends threw me albums that were similar, so I'm going to be listening to those. Um, there was nothing that I disliked about this album. I would put it above The Offspring. This is the best album you've given me so far. The only problem I have with the album, when I was re-listening to it again, because I hadn't actually heard it um, you know, for sure. maybe a year or so, the only problem I have with the album is there's really not a lot of like variance between sure. the songs. Like, like I forget what the name of each song is. Ritual Knife is the only one because mm-hmm. I remember I was like, has there ever been a song where this is the name and these are the lyrics? Perfect match. It's literally a song about Mambo a guy. number five. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect match, isn't it? It's a pretty damn good match. <laughs> so, um, no, it was um, you. You picked a really good one to start out. Um, it just it, this is exactly, and even if it wasn't Halloween season, this is the kind of album I, I would love listening to. I actually, and it's going to make my constant cycle. Now I've actually almost to. given you this album a few times, but I was like, this is one that Dan's really going to like, so I'm going to hold off on it. Yeah, it, and I really did like it, and I'm really excited to explore more of the things they've done. Um, so yeah, um, some pretty opposite effects here. Um, and uh, just hold on one second. We have uh, a guest stopping in. All right. Um, so why don't we go into our picks for this week? And I'll start out right off the bat. Um, now I asked you if you saw a bunch of these movies, and you just said all good, and you didn't say if you saw them or didn't. So maybe there's some in there that you had seen once but don't remember. Um, so the one I'm going to give you, I just rewatched it um, this past week. Um, they live. John Carpenter's They Live. Um, yeah, I don't think I've seen that. Starring live. Roddy Piper. Um, it has one of the all-time great. Uh, fist fight scenes that was actually um, parodied, on, parodied South on South Park with the cripple fight. Uh, the premise of this movie is Roddy Piper is like a drifter who comes upon a town uh, picking up like a construction job and he stumbles on this uh, this group that is trying to reveal um, darker forces that are like pulling the strings from behind. Um, not necessarily Illuminati but another force and he doesn't believe it and then when he starts to discover it and you realize the, the control between the media, um, the, the uh, newspapers, uh, TV... Everything. Alex Jones. It, kind of. No, like legitimately. There's some people I know that are very much conspiracy theories, uh, conspiracy theorists, and they believe the kind of stuff from this movie. But it's so. Fu- it's John Carpenter. Like, this is when John Carpenter went in his prime, when he was pumping out Halloween and The Thing and Alien. He couldn't really do any wrong. And this is such a fun, ridiculous movie. Roddy Piper is cast perfectly. It has one of the all time great action lines that was taken in Duke Nukem. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Uh, it's just a really, really really cool movie um it, it's probably more of an action sci-fi than it is horror but it I, i'm gonna keep it in the horror genre because it is there so they live is what you're getting this week and i, I this one i i would be really really surprised no if you this, didn't like I, it. this is actually one that i've always wanted to watch and i might i might have seen it a long time ago i don't think i have yeah i mean the, it's, you, it's such a parody movie though like i probably know a good you know amount you of know it. the stuff like the obey is from there the famous obey things yeah, that's yeah. from they live so um they live it, it is it might be my favorite favorite John Carpenter movie it's hard to go between that and the thing but um they live is just a really really fun movie so that's what you're getting this week okay so um 
problem is there's not a whole lot of Halloween albums. Yeah, you I have mean, to kind of... I was gonna think like maybe I'll give him the Monster Mash or something really <laughs> Just stupid on repeat. But um, I decided what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you albums that are dark or kind of they fit Halloween even though they may not be Halloween proper. Sure. So I'm gonna give you one of my favorite black metal albums. Okay. The band's Catatonia. Spell, the, I'll figure it out. Yeah. I don't need to know. Catatonia. The name of the album is Brave Murder Day. Brave Murder Day. The reason it's called Brave Murder Day is because the first three songs are Brave, Murder, and Day. <laughs> oh, so... They're a, um, they're a Swedish black metal band. Um, I When I actually discovered them, I discovered them on Pandora maybe 10 years ago or so. Okay. And they were like an alternative rock, almost like better Hoopastank, the only way I can that's, describe That's it. really giving yourself a wide range to be better than Hoopastank. And then... Um, <laughs> Then like I went back and they were like black metal out the ass like you don't you're not gonna understand a lyric in this probably um I I black metal I'm very hit or miss on like there's no in between like I'm not like oh it's okay I either love black metal or I hate this it. this may be um brain dead to you okay. it may be one of those things where like I don't like it but I understand why people okay. like it but it's not for me understandable it's really heavy it's less on the music and more on the atmosphere but they create an atmosphere. That's, okay. It has one of my favorite black metal songs of all time called Rain Room. The album cover has a dead crow on it, like a rotting dead crow. You and your goddamn album covers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's it's where Uncle Acid is very up... Um, you know, it's not taking itself up-tempo. too serious. It's not taking itself too serious. Mm-hmm. There's almost like a wink to you going like we both know that this is Catatonia does not give me that okay. vibe. It sounds like they really were drawing pentagrams on the ground and bathing in their blood <laughs> when they recorded this. I gotta ask my buddy um IQ wrestler. He's a big black metal fan. Um They're not they so they were So is Jarvis. They were they were really popular in black metal until they changed their um their sound and now they're considered sellouts almost. Oh, because they decided they grew up a little bit and wanted to change your sound no um from what i understand the guy blew his vocals out and couldn't do the growling so instead oh. of you know being yeah, musically fuck him for not having his voice anymore right um <laughs> they also speaking of album cover they may have one of the worst album covers for another one of their albums let me pull it up real quick it's just a picture of rosie o'donnell on it um, another per- That's a good one another thing we got to give a shout out that we forgot in the beginning shout out to lobo sound again um vince is doing some kick-ass work uh we're very very close to giving some teases to the bobo christmas album that you'll be hearing exclusively on you watch i listen um so we're really excited that is an awful right? awful <laughs> album cover what the fuck it's like an 80 super group album i have cover. no idea that what is it. dog shit and if there's no you're really hyping me up for this but then no no but then this is <laughs> But then this is Brave Murder Day. Tell me that's not a metal that's album a, That's cover. a badass cover. That could be like a Pantera the, um, album cover. The that's lead great. singer from Opeth contributes some vocals on some of the songs, um, if you're a vo- um, an Opeth yeah, fan. Yeah, I like Opeth, yeah. So um, it's it's a fun album if you like this kind of music, and it's a tough album if you don't. If you hate it, yeah. Um, there's certain people I would never give any type of metal album to, but if I was going to and I knew they hated it, I'm going to just go black metal to really commit to pissing them off. I've, I've played this for the fiance, and she's like, uh, yeah, yeah. You please, need to turn this shit turn off. turn this off. Like, <laughs> th- th- you're, this ain't happening. That's awesome. Um, so why don't we jump in? Um, one of the first things I want to talk about, <laughs> we talked about this on uh, Fudge and Fins, hashtag shots for like podcast, uh, a really good troll we pulled off this week. Um, so a friend and former guest of you watch I listen, uh, Josh Marcella, you may have missed him because, um, he didn't talk. <laughs> so he, he made the mistake of posting a tweet 
of something that he hates uh, that was coming up. He hated that it was two days away from uh, a day where everyone shares a meme that he hates. Um, there's another one that he hates, too. And the one he was talking about is in honor of a very, very good movie, Mean Girls. Um, the it's October third meme, um, which everyone posts these days. It's uh, do you, you know do what it every is? yeah? It's it's like the, it's going to be May. But this was a different October third because this one was also on Wednesday. And what happens on Wednesdays, Ralph? Everybody wears pink. On Wednesdays we wear pink, and if you and if you wear sweatpants, you can't sit with us. There's a lot of things that what, go to uh, this, and there's none I, for Glenn Coco. Question: What uh, what am I wearing? Ralph is wearing pink right now, but it's not Wednesday, so I think nor, you, you, nor can't, is sit, you, October can't, the you can't sit with us. I can't so, sit with you. So what I did when I saw Josh post his tweet, it didn't take me, a, a, you know, a two minutes. It took me two seconds to say, fuck this guy. And I instantly set up a couple of group chats with different groups of friends, and I sent some private text messages to people, and I said, what I need you to do on October 3rd is you need to take this GIF, and it's one GIF, where it just says, it's October 3rd. You need to post it to his Facebook. You need to post it to his Twitter. You need to text it to him. You could DM it to him. Some people emailed it to him. Uh, some people were looking to see if he had a LinkedIn to post it on his LinkedIn. And it started from the second I woke up. I sent the first one at like maybe 7.30. And he's like, fuck. And then all of a sudden, a couple other people started doing it. I gave, I gave the green light to everyone to go out and troll him like this. And then he's texting me. He's like, all right, how can I make this stop? So I just did not answer him at all. Do you know what? <laughs> so you've tried to troll me before. Okay. And you've successfully trolled me a lot. Yeah. I've trolled you. Yeah, we go back and forth. Um, there's a mutual trolling respect. There's a really easy way to not give into a troll. Just don't react. Yeah, and his people, reaction. People will get bored trying to troll you. Josh, for whatever reasons, doesn't know. Yeah, this he kept rule. feeding the troll, which is the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do. So, it literally, from the time I gave the green light up until literally the last one he got, one of our friends waited until 11:59 on Wednesday to send it, and he muted all of us on Twitter. He posted a video of us just muting him, and I, I, I hope I made his phone battery die the one time he was at like a wwe event live in brooklyn and i just kept tweeting him non-stop and he's like dude my battery is like dropping by the percentage every time you tweet me i said just <laughs> just turn off your phone no or... he couldn't i killed his phone battery while he was at the event because i'm a douche turn alerts off this is the thing people on twitter are so obsessed with twitter they'd rather be stranded in the middle of a cornfield with no battery 100 than miss an alert on twitter yeah it's it's pretty simple like i use twitter a lot and when i don't want to be bothered i turn off all notifications and it takes two seconds to do what some people can't you? do that uh you just text me wednesdays we wear a pink <laughs> text it to josh right now um why not yeah, by the way can we just randomly do it on a day that's not october sure. 3rd to him? I, I like that why don't we wait till like um, the winter solstice. We'll do it on the, on that day. Do you know what the date of the winter solstice is? Uh, it's Does December first. Is that what it is? Yeah, I didn't even know that. Um, so sometimes it falls on the twenty second. I, I got a whole bunch of stuff here. Um, just so you guys know, we're recording on the uh, couple hours away from UFC two twenty nine. So we're with Kebab. Yeah, Kebab and Conor McGregor. Um, I'm geared up in my Conor McGregor gear, and I'm gonna feel very stupid if he loses tonight. Um, but I'm used to feeling stupid. I'm a Dolphins and Mets fan, so I don't really have a choice. I'm rooting for Kebab, but I really don't. I really don't care. Don't, you don't have a rooting interest. You just like, want to I see just, me. I, I, no, no. I actually didn't even choose it against you. I literally just went. Uh, kebab, one. kebab. Well, you just don't know any fighters unless Donald Cowboy. Cerrone's I'm going to be. Fighting. I'm going to be. In, I'm going to be invested in the Yankee game. So yeah, I that's really, true. Um, I can try and put that on the other TV too. Um, so okay, I got a bunch of stories. I got. I, I got a few too. Um, I got. I got to give you props first because you called this a couple weeks ago about Toys R Us. Um, did you see Toys R Us is yep. not filing bankruptcy? They are being rebranded as Jeffrey's Toy Box. I think is what it's going to be called. And they're um, going to small stores. They're going right? to small 
Stars, yo, you called that weeks ago. I almost wonder if you had some insider trading going on. Do we need to alert the SEC? <laughs> like, how did you know this? How did you call wait, this? Wait, wait, wait. I have a question. Don't worry about it. Do you know what insider trading means? No, I'm just means? saying things. Do I work in that field? No. I'm just so saying stuff and my, things. My, I know it's when you can dump a stock. My first job out of, um, uh, out of college... I didn't know anything about business, so one day I'm running, like walking around the floor, and I'm just going Nasdaq stock the options. Nasdaq. I'm just yelling things that are related to trading. Didn't to they business. do that on It's Always Sunny once? Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just I'm just walking. I'm going bye 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 bye. <laughs> I worked at a call center, and then you worked at a car wash. I did hey, while you were in grad school. You left your corporate job to work at a car wash. Yes, I did. That's okay. People have done worse. Um, so I got to give you props on the uh, Toys R Us thing because you called that uh, a few weeks ago. That, that's, that's I, I don't really... think you expected it to happen this soon. I think you were talking like a next holiday season, maybe within weeks of this happening. It's pretty I crazy. Think, I honestly think the Toys R Us there are certain brands that they're so yes. valuable they that, won't ever go anywhere. Yeah, just I'm, the name value alone. Like I could even see something like this happening where Amazon or one of these other companies buys the IP and then they brand their kids section Toys R Us. Or yeah, that's like fair. That. Like, and I, I think that's I've, I've said this future. to a lot of people that they're like, oh my god, ESPN is going under. I'm like, ESPN is not going under. They'd get bought out and rebranded. The brand name is too valuable. NFL when they were freaking out about ratings, the UFC. They will get bought and rebranded. The brand new value. Why are they rebranding it? Well, no, you know they're going to rebrand their structure. Is what I mean. Like it won't. It'll be a different kind of format. Yeah, exactly. A reorg. Can Um, you turn me down? I don't know why I'm so much louder today. Like. Anytime I get a little louder, it jumps up. That's good. Where okay. we have right there. Um. So yeah, I mean, like I said, that like people are like, oh, WWE, like they're gonna get. I'm like, no one can ever be overtaken until there is a clear number two, and there is no number two toy store. There is no number two sports company, a uh, sports broadcasting uh, station. There's no number two Ameri- North American wrestling company. There's no number two e- North American uh, MMA. Will only go out when if there's a paradigm shift of how we like. Um, well, it would only go out if Disney said fuck this. No, but if we <laughs> start consuming media in a different way so we're almost there with social media um yeah you know, on demand amazon is broadcasting games now yeah, so only if there's that type of shift and i can't predict yeah. what it is is if then espn becomes obsolete but yeah. that also won't the, just affect the big, espn the biggest, affect everything. the biggest threats to things like espn um i really thought fox sports wanted a chance when they started and they completely dropped they the ball dropped from jump street it. dude i you, thought their early format was great and how they just hard shit to bed. how hard did i go on with fox? me too I thought you fox and i both we were like were gonna be. some of, i thought they were gonna do great I and the second even, they brought on skip bayless and colin cowherd it was just oh i see what they're doing and it's just it, it's garbage but i the biggest threat to espn is stuff like the nfl network and mlb network and nba network because they do they do quality broadcasting there the mlb network might be the best sports station out there nfl network is pretty damn good and their original stuff like a football life is some of the best produced documentaries you'll ever see and i know you're not a huge nba fan but nba tv i'm uh, sure they do a great bad. job they have a, they have one of the best sports packages you now can buy actually this is this wasn't a story i put up there but i just thought of it sure so basketball of all the sports i think embraces change the most that they're not they're not worried to make they adapt to the time, the exactly. way the times change better than any. The NFL is the worst. MLB does it first. NBA does it best. Yeah, that's so probably the best. What the NBA started doing is they realized that the super team model is the way to go. So they For just sure. they just pulled out all the stops. They say we want the same two teams, and honestly, the people keep buying into it. I don't like it. You don't like it. Basketball purists don't like it, but the ratings say otherwise. I I, I don't know if I don't like it. I just. 
I, I think I'm like at point in the NBA, like I enjoy watching basketball, but I don't care enough. And it'll probably take the, the NBA is the one sport where I will absolutely admit that I jump off support for my team when they suck because I don't care. I, enough. You're a Nets fan. I'm a Nets I, fan. I always forget what it's, team you are. It's, I'm a Nets fan just because they were the Jersey team and I went to so many games growing up because you literally you'd buy a turkey and they'd give you two free Nets tickets. <laughs> like this, it's, You know what I'm talking about. You it's get, like Six Flags. <laughs> How does Six Flags make money? Drink a Coke. You get five, eight, yeah, yeah. five season passes. Also, send this coffin, you idiot. All right. So we. We going off on the tangent about Twitter. Uh, I'm only real have? quick about NBA. Sure, so what they sure. start doing is they understand that their sport is heavily invested in people who jump in in the last two minutes of games and the, and gamblers. So they start offering in the last five minutes games for two bucks. You can just buy the last five minutes. That's of the game. amazing. That's what? such a smart idea. Brilliant. I love it. They're gonna let they they're putting sponsors on jerseys now, which I really don't care about. Like that, people like freaking out. If it about doesn't it. get too big, the small ones in the corner. Well, what doesn't it should me. be is that the players should be allowed to pick their own sponsors. Frankly, um, and that this is something that the UFC went away from. The UFC used to be before you were really watching as often as you do now, because before you were coming around here all the time, you didn't really watch at all. I you, still you were allowed to have your own sponsors, and you'd see some funny ones. You'd see Jimmy John's. You'd see Condom Depot. You'd see all these. Wait, 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 wait. You see some funny ones. Jimmy John's. What's so funny about Jimmy John's? Because just you don't expect them to be sponsoring MMA, and but you'd see you'd be able to be sponsored by supplement companies, and then the Reebok com- uh, came in to do the UFC apparel, and you weren't allowed to have sponsors anymore until tonight, because Conor McGregor's going to be allowed to promote uh, Proper Twelve Whiskey. Uh, he's going to be allowed to. It's going to be plastered in the octagon every time he way, fights. We we had that yesterday yes. on uh, Fudge and Fitz. Surprisingly like, good. Wasn't that bad? It was. I would rather that than Jameson or JD, or JD, frankly. I like Honey JD. I can't do regular JD anymore. That used to be my drink of choice, and then I had a really bad experience um, when I had alcohol poisoning, like definitively. <laughs> I drank way too much. Um, but I, it was a smooth, it was a nice, easy drink. I'll tell you what, um, you know what I actually like? I like Jim Beam. Jim, Jim Beam is really good. good. Yeah, yeah. Um, Just for the, the but cheap But for a liquors. $25 bottle of whiskey, good-sized bottle, it's definitely a good um, a bang for your buck. All right, so what so, do you got? So did you see what uh, Banksy did? Banksy, how do you okay, say Okay, so it's actually funny you say that. Like right when um, uh, we were in the movie theater um, before and I was looking on Facebook and I saw your post and I said, what did this asshole do? So, and then I saw and I said, okay, so you need to explain this because all I saw was the headline and I'm thinking like Mission Impossible, like this message will self-destruct. That's kind of actually thing. basically what so, it was. So it was a painting. So he had a... Let me get up the story because yeah. I don't I, I don't want to make... So I mean, I would assume most of our listeners have an idea of who Banksy is. He's a street artist that no one really knew his real identity until no, no recently. No, no one still does. Still? I thought he so, got caught or whatever. So the theory is that he's one of the two guys in Massive Attack um, who promote okay. the Attacks Move Studio. Is he the one that invented Bitcoin too? <laughs> that they just think it's that China guy. Uh, that China guy. <laughs> I, I almost said something else and then I saved myself at the last second. Guy from China. <laughs> so um, anyway, the way I understand it, let me pull up the fucking story. So I don't fucking. Yeah, good. I actually had it pull up, pulled up, but I closed it by mistake. So the the head. What read the headline first? So. Banksy's painting self-destructs moments after being sold for $1.4 million at an auction. Okay, so he sold the painting at an auction. I guess he gave it to an auctioneer or whatever. Yeah. After the gavel fell Friday at Sotheby's, I cannot see. Holy shit, I am blind. Yeah, you need glasses. Re- I'm literally holding the laptop. Josh, got, be- Josh has glasses and he looks like a lesbian now. <laughs> so go on. Um... The iconic image of a girl reaching out for a red heart-shaped balloon sold for $1.4 million. Moment later, a shredder hidden inside the artist's frame started <laughs> and shredded in front of everyone. It was a shredder. I thought it was like a bomb. It was a sh- he had a shredder in the frame. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking dick. So here's the thing. I <laughs> I love the idea. 
I think the idea is funny. I think a guy's getting screwed. <laughs> the problem I have with this is Banksy is such a fucking hack. I've never even seen a Banksy I painting before. Hate Banksy. I because uh, he, you know what he is? He is nineteen-year-old college freshman worldview. Ah, uh, money is uh, bad. Greed is bad. Fight the man. Business is bad. He's one of those guys. He fucking... It's graffiti, okay? He goes on private property. He puts graffiti. And then he gets pissed when the artist goes, I don't want this on my building. Now, the artist... uh, The owner of the building... He's a douche. He's a douche. He's a douche. So... It's not, hey, I just screwed a guy. It's going, well, this is actually a metaphor for how blah, blah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> what a fucking hack. I can't stand Banksy. And it sucks. Is it Banksy or Banksy? I don't fucking know. Bank- Banky. I'm gonna call, let's call, I was going to say, let's call him Banky. Banky. Banky Banks. Is, first of all, I'm sure the guy's net worth has to be $100 million. Oh, my God. If first, especially if he's a massive attack massive as well. Att- massive attack, for you who don't know, are one of the most iconic kind of electronic DJ. I forget what. Yeah, um, I can legitimately tell you that they are such a popular band that I've never heard a massive attack song but I'm I, that's not my thing so um, that's th- I don't particularly love them but their influence no I know they're very very popular they're kind of like the Velvet Underground where yeah okay a thousand people bought the album but all thousand start a band it's yeah. that kind of logic yeah it has um like a what's the the, the tree branch uh, yeah. yeah olive branch whatever they do have some good stuff they're um their category is trip hop. I forgot what the uh, the genre. So, how is this guy, especially being a graffiti artist, how has he been able to keep his identity anonymous this long? Because he probably spends a lot of money, that evil money on. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, he, that's first the best. Of all, I part. don't think he's the one doing it half the time. I I think it'd be very far fetched if he ended up being this world famous artist that because he has enough money, like to put a shredder in a picture frame to destroy it, has to cost a lot of money. And by the way, you know who fucking bought the his, his manager bought the phone. That's a like, good point. Be stunt, most likely. A That's stunt. a really good point. It's just a stunt. First of all, you, you're just a douche. It, that is such. A, it, like, I would love to see the person's face. So it, it, it's. I like when people's faces when they think they're about to have something they love and then it's taken from them, like uh, stillborn. And one of the things I was well, thinking. I have of, a question. I have a question. Sure. Why? Why do you have to go down that path? So what I what, <laughs> one time we were at a concert. Um, it was Taking Back Sunday, and um, I was with a group of friends, and we were right. It was at Starland Ballroom, and at Starland Ballroom you have your stage, and you have a bar to the left, you have a bar to the right, and then you have a bar all the way in the back. We were at one of the bars on the left of the stage. Are we at the bar on the left of the stage? And it was a Christmas wait, wait, what show. side of the stage? Left stage. Now left from stage. okay, from whose view? Your view or the bartender's view? From the bartender's view, the stage is to the left. The stage is to the left of the bartender. Yes. Now, what's on the right? The bar. The bar. Shut okay. up. The bar. So, um, it was a Christmas show. Now, take, who did you say? I take Max Sunday. Okay. It was a Christmas show. And you, and where, where were you? you were Star, at- Starland Ballroom. Okay. So, shut up. We're at the bar on the left. And um, they had they brought gifts around. There was a guy dressed like Santa. Wait, wait, they, wait. Gifts like animated uh, that's images? GIF. <laughs> so, they, so they, where they, were you again? Was Bax Key there? I'm unplugging your mic. <laughs> I'm just going to turn it down. And you just hear me in the back. Where were you? So, where was the bar? <laughs> at Starland Ballroom. But where? <laughs> Sayerville. <laughs> so, they um they had presents they were giving to the crowd. And there was a guy Did in the crowd. make damn sure. <laughs> so, he's, I'm unplugging mic three also. So, um they brought gifts around. And they had a guy there dressed like Santa, a fan. And... Um, they made him come up on stage to bring the presents around to different spots. Yeah, you're on. And, you know, you were such a cunt early on, and now you're being like this bigger cunt because you're in a good mood now. 
And uh, I, I'm, I'm just having a problem picturing where you were located. You've been to Starland Ballroom! So anyway, um, so, yeah. <laughs> Santa brings the presents around and going back to having people having things that they wanted ripped from their hands. So they open the presents and um, one of our friends is six, seven. He's a really tall dude. And they open up the gift and there's all different Taking Back Sunday merchandise in it. There's some shirts, there's some hats. And he grabs a poster at the same time this short little pudgy girl grabs it. And she thinks she's going to have it. Her face is elated. She th- she's like when she just saw the Christmas tree when she was a little kid on Christmas morning. And as that happens, my six foot seven friend rips it from her hands. And it turned to pure sadness in a split second. And it made me so happy. because, Especially because it was a Taking Back Sunday poster. We were like, oh, that's cool. We realized after the fact it was autographed by the band as well so just i i love the idea of people thinking they have something like they just bought eggs and then they drop it makes me happy where did this take place it was close to the stage all right so another thing i have this week i have a couple things written down um you're a big fan (laughs) dropped eggs (laughs) yeah that's where i go drop their baby (laughs) do you remember what you did this is so inside and such a horrible show uh, story for the Yeah, it uh, is a horrible show podcast. right now. You're right. <laughs> Jerk off. When you told me that you saw some guy hit a bump and drop his <laughs> eggs. And shop right. And I thought that he was holding the eggs out his window for some reason. This is how I pictured a guy's in an SUV holding a cart of eggs out his window, hits a bump, drops him, and goes, oh. No, I, was, I remember I was walking into shop right. I that's for, how I, the I way you it. explained it made it sound like I he for, was driving and dropped his eggs out the window. I, I was just so happy because he's pushing his shopping cart is what's happening, and he hits a bump, and the eggs just go crashing down, and his face, and that pure disappointment made me so happy. Um, so anyway, a couple other things. Um, you're a bit, you're a big Black Mirror fan as well, Ralph. Yep. Um, so season five is going to be dropping before the end of the year in December. Cool. And one of the things they announced, and I, I want to know what you think about this idea. Um, apparently, they're going to be the first show ever to work a pick-your-own-ending episode. So I guess like an uh, option is going to come up during the episode, option one, two, three, or whatever, and then it'll have a different way each time. That's pretty cool. Um, I think it's a really cool it, idea. It, it's it's a good idea that fits what the show is about yeah, with like, like technology. I mean, it's been all. done in movies before. Before with like Clue had multiple endings depending on the theater you went to, um, but on a show while you're watching it to be able to pick and then that means that's really smart because people will go back and watch that episode multiple times to see what ending they end up with. Um, it's like playing a video game back. It's a really cool idea. Pick your own adventure, Goosebumps. I used to love those. Can I love pick your adventure. Can we books. have an episode where we just troll everyone and just read Goosebumps on the air? That's a great idea, but we have to like do it further down the road so people forget that well, we haven't talked about this out. That's a good point. Let's do that. Um, so anyway, yeah, the Black Mirror thing is going to be really cool. I, I think I want to go back and watch the most recent season before uh, the next one comes out because you know I was late on the Black Mirror bandwagon. Yeah, uh, I was I, on it before you, you were. were. You were telling me forever how much I like it, and I remember the, I started watching it on my birthday this past year, and we flew through the five seasons, or season four, four, four. four seasons in a matter of a week and a half. So um, I'm really excited to see what they do with season five because uh, it, it is one of the smartest, uh, darkest, and funniest shows out also, there. Also, it's... It's the one of the few shows I see where they handle um, a topic that has to. So when a show does a topic such as like 
same-sex relationships or whatnot. Sure. It's so heavy-handed. And yeah. it's so biased, and it's so... It's unlike... Um, it's it's, it's not realistic. Yeah, it's... it's they it's, did the episode San Ju, uh, Junipero, which has a lesbian oh, couple in it. That is... So perfectly that halfway through, I go, oh, wait, I didn't even realize that they were lesbians. No, it, it wasn't forced in your face, um, and it, it that is... The other thing about that episode, that San Junipero... how you are progressive. And it's also um, the only... One of the only episodes of the show that has a happy ending as well. Um, every other episode of Black Mirror, it's a, like, oh, shit, and ending. Even, even if it is a happy ending, though, there's a lot of dead bodies on the way yeah, to that ending. It, it, it could be described as an ambiguous ending, but I think it's no, the you, only one that has joy for the characters that are the subject oh, yeah. of the episode. Um, there's there, like two or three that are... The the Star Wars one has kind of a happy ending. The Star, oh, the Star Trek one. Star Trek That's I'm a sorry. great episode, too. Um, I love that episode. The one... Um, the one where they're in the simulation and they have to break yeah, out. Yeah, it's like of a it. dating app kind of thing. It was thing. kind of like a that San one, that, Panero that was too. very similar. And then there's some that just have these insanely holy shit endings. The one with the the kid that uh, there was a video of him jerking off, and uh, that they, was a, that was a wild one. You know what? The way you felt about Hereditary is how I felt after that episode, where I'm like, I'm not going to be right for a little bit. Yeah, it kind of fucks with your head. Like the that first one. episode with the prime minister and the pig. I, I remember that. That like instantly, I knew I was going to love this show because the fact that it was he had to fuck a pig on live TV. I was like, I want to see him fuck the pig. I'd watch it. You would. <laughs> All, right, All what right. What do you got next? I have a whole bunch of stuff. Okay, so um, who do we hate most in this world? That's right, Josh. Oh, Who do we hate <laughs> second most? Vegans. Oh, yes, vegan. I, I hate vegan. I, listen, I have some friends that are vegans, but we're talking about the vegans that are, you. they're a better person than you because of their lifestyle choice and that you are morally inferior. Yes. That kind of vegan. Yeah, that's what I mean. Cool. That's actually funny that you brought that up, but go on. Because the thing I hate about social media is how we just tattle on one another yes. where we need to shame people you're bad oh we're god right. when someone we know that posts a picture if they caught something hunting and then some people are always like how could you do that yes pisses me off yeah yeah a woman completely destroyed a pizza parlor in england because she was not satisfied with her vegan pizza now i'm okay. going to show you the picture and tell me would you be satisfied if you got sure let me see I mean, the old saying is there's no such this thing as piece bad of pizza. pizza. Okay, let me give a visual here, guys. Okay, so this woman ordered a vegan pizza. So your your early shape of this, it, it's like so your normal large pizza. There's sauce. You can see more sauce than anything else, which is already a problem. This isn't yeah. Chicago. We don't want that, but it's not a deep dish pizza. And it, it's not a tomato pie. No, it's not a tomato pie. So if it's you're sauce from the New everywhere. York, uh, like Philadelphia area, you know what tomato pie is. This is not tomato pie. So picture your normal large pie with sauce everywhere. I don't see any cheese, which I vegans won't do anyway. That is what she's angry about, is that they ran out of vegan cheese. Okay, but what is on this pizza? It's just onion. <laughs> it just not slices well, onion. Not even well-spaced onions. <laughs> it just slices of It looks onions. like somebody got a quarter pounder and just threw the onions off it. Yeah, you know what? No, okay, so you know what it looks like? You know when you would get the pizza Lunchables? And they didn't give you enough cheese, so it was just like there was like five little things of cheese on it is exactly what it looks like. So, um, I, it's a really bad looking pizza. But she was mad they didn't put cheese on it. She's a vegan. Vegans are not supposed to well, have cheese. They didn't. They ran out of vegan cheese. Oh, oh. So they just didn't tell her and they gave her a pizza with just onions on it? So no, they did tell her. And they basically said, we'll do our best. And she's annoyed and mad and wants to boycott this Okay. Place. Okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate for her here. That doesn't mean, look to me like they were trying their best. They definitely had more onions than that. And why is an onion the only thing on a vegan pizza? 
Couldn't there have been some pepper, some mushrooms? I, I don't know. Uh, so I, I, I have to be on her side here. I don't think she wants to. I don't think it's right to destroy them. But I would be angry with that too. Like I also, she's not calling for a boycott. I'm sorry, I, I misread that. When she just upper deckered their bathroom. But she's just, um, <laughs> she's making a big deal. Like she's not going. Why are you shaming a place because you have special needs? They said we can't meet these needs. Yeah, we'll no, do our that best. that part I now, agree with. No, they didn't do their best. It's a shitty piece of pizza. But this they should have offered her a refund at least for this that. This should be a funny thing. Like, look what they like, gave me. I, and charge she, her the price of the onion, and that's it. By the way, look at the file photo that they used with her. Let me see. Is, <laughs> yeah. wait, wait, that, is can you make that pizza? It's, it's her it's, petting a cow. It's her petting a cow. Oh, I, uh, sorry. I didn't know which one the cow was. <laughs> so, um, I... Uh, I don't know, like, um, so the whole vegan thing and how, how like, outlandish they can be. Um, Joe Rogan's new stand-up special dropped on Netflix this week called Strange Times, and uh, he actually called into um, the Anthony Cumia show this week, and mm-hmm. the thing that Anthony said about it, he goes, you you talk about how you don't want to upset people and then you go right after that exact thing. Yeah. Like, he says, you know, women are great. They've made every single person, but... They've invented many things. Like he, he keeps walking around there. One of the things he talks about is um, he posted a picture of a, a hunt he went on and something he caught, and he was like, "Delicious dinner for the next month." And he put hashtag vegan. Ooh. <laughs> and he said the way people came at him, and uh, he went to look at like uh, w- someone left a comment like, "I hope your whole, I hope your kids get cancer," like that kind of thing. And he's like, "I'm going to look at this woman's profile." And he looked at a picture, and he said that it was one in the morning. He goes, "I had to think really hard about clicking this hashtag she posted." Hashtag vegan cat. These people that make their cats vegans, Ooh. and um, it, it's. But he talks about like the vegan culture, and he's talked about it on his show a lot. Um, you should definitely check out that special because he's a very, very oh, smart I love, stand-up. I love Rogan. Here's the thing. I've said. I think I've said on the show before. I actually do think vegans are right. They're right. I don't agree. with I that. I think. But well, no, I I think they're right in what they want to do, but they, I don't think their decision is right. I do think right. that factory farming and all that it is wrong. I think it's abusive. Oh, I, we're taking something. Yes. we're killing it. Okay, and yes, you can live on a vegan diet. Sure. That being said, I have no intention of ever going vegan. Yeah, um, and I don't want so people to when go you, vegan. When you put but it, they like, are right. When you put I it think like that. Right. I have specific. I have friends that became vegetarians or vegans because they saw documentaries about the kill farms and things, and they're like, "You should watch it." And I said, "No," because I don't want to know what is happening when they're making my delicious cheeseburger or my delicious McDonald's chicken nuggets. I don't need to know. So, in that sense, are those farms wrong? Eh, sure. I don't care. I just want my burger. Leave me alone. Don't bother me. I'm gonna eat whatever I want. I don't want something if it didn't have a pulse at some point. Generally. I I have no problem with the vegan movement. I or no, I have no problem with veganism. I have a problem with the vegan culture. Mo- yeah, yeah, that's it. The culture, the mo- movement doesn't bother me. The, the culture lifestyle does. kind of thing. That's what annoys. And me. I I do have friends that are vegans that don't push it on you. Like I have friends that are vegans and uh, that I have some that are really good and I have some that are bad that they won't eat something that was uh, if you cooked previously with like hot dogs on there you have to grill their vegan burger first because they don't want it to touch the the actual beef patty i know people are vegan for like a few days and then they forget they're vegan no, and then they, they have hot dogs and say that vegans can have hot dogs once in a while <laughs> i it's, think it's, like the hot dog might be the last thing a vegan is supposed he to doesn't have. Listen. no it's true he doesn't watch or listen so all right so um did you see um the trailer for a movie that came out this week uh the dick cheney movie yeah, you posted Dude, it. On that the... looks really, really cool. I love the director Adam McKay. Um, really strange career. He did things like Eastbound and Down. He did things like Step Brothers, and then he did a movie like The Big Short that was very intelligent about its subject matter, um, very serious. And now he, the way he's going after this, it almost kind of felt like a Scorsese movie. The trailer using like contemporary music, making it look a little more goofy. But how much does Christian Bale look like fucking Cheney and does. sound like?
like him. And um, I what was the other one? Uh, Sam Rockwell playing George W. Bush. Sam Rockwell's a great actor. Sam Rockwell's a really underrated actor. Under, well, maybe finally he got his respect because he won for three billboards at the Oscars this past year, but he's been underrated for decades now. Um, who, uh, Amy Adams is playing Lynn Cheney and Steve Carell as um, uh, Donald Rumsfeld. Uh, that's one I'm very excited for. I actually might go see that one in the theater. Hey, anything has to be better than Oliver Stone, Stone's George W. Bush movie. That was awful. Oliver Stone's so good, dude. He's one of the more overrated directors of I our time. He's had him. some really good ones throughout the years. Like, Wall Street's a great fucking movie. Wall Street's great. I don't great. think Wall Street's that good Platoon movie. is great. Platoon's... Pl- I'll say this. Platoon's okay. Whoa! Okay! I, I, it's not even one of my fair war movies, I would say. I, the th- movies that I don't like that he's done, he did one of the worst period pieces of all time in Alexander with Colin Farrell and... Uh, Angel- he did Alexander? That was a horrendous I didn't know piece. he did Alexander. Alexander, yeah. He's he's done some good ones, but he's done... like I don't, I don't care what he says. JFK is not a good movie. JFK Agreed. is a fucking bore and it just feeds into people that have to believe any conspiracy theory that's thrown at them and he did that awful documentary series the um the true history of the united states where it was every heavy-handed conspiracy theory that's ever been disproven but he believes it's real you know what i like i like that he talks slow and has no Uh, he's a fucking pretentious douche and as much as i love wall street he ruined any credibility he had when he did wall street 2 with shia labeouf that sucked ass. And I love the original. It's one of my favorites from the 80s, I'm not, specifically. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Wall Street. Um, so let's see. Um, they're making a movie. They're making a Dance Dance Revolution movie. <laughs> well, at least it's topical because that series has been, you know, has never remember, been hotter. I remember. I didn't know it was still around. Okay, first off, I was never good at DDR. I tried like a couple times, like try and figure it out. And it made no sense whatsoever. It is fun. I, I, I will say I, this, When I see people that are do. good at it, I'm like, holy shit. But how do you make a fucking movie at a DDR? Like, at, what would you do? How would you make it if you were the director? How would you make it a story? Okay, it is uh, 2004. There's a child in probably Tokyo, I assume. I assume it's a Japanese movie. I say Guam. No, it's an American movie, DDR. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, this is my movie. The child's from Guam. Okay. No, this is my movie. Okay, the child's from Guam. 2004. What year is it? He's uh, at the left of the bar. (laughs) The left of the bar, okay. Okay. And he keeps practicing, and he lives on the second floor. And he's a he only has one parent. The mother's dead, and the father just doesn't understand. And the father wants him to get his grades up because he wants him to be a police officer, lawyer. Okay. And the neighbor on, uh, downstairs is this crotchety old man, and he's always doing the thing with the broom, blah blah blah, banging. Oh, because he's because he's DDRing, so yes. he's banging on the floor yeah. all the time, and the old man's trying to sleep. And his father one day is robbed. And very similar to Bruce Wayne and his parents murdered. Oh my god! Now the son who oh, had no. this difficult relationship with his father sees that his father has died, and he doesn't know what to do. So he gives up DDRing because the DDRing somehow he, his father was he running late. Led to his father's murder. Yeah, yeah. I don't the know. The robbers how. came for the DDR because he had yeah. a, he had a, a collector's edition of DDR seven. Yeah. He, he wanted <laughs> no, no. He wanted DDR eight gold edition. And his father went out at night to go pick it up for him, and, and he got the last one. It was like the Turbo Man doll. Yeah, and he got shot. <laughs> for that and the father's lifeless hand goes on the ground and the copy slides in the rain <laughs> down the drain wait so then, the cop isn't it a fucking mat well no this game he already has the mat <laughs> oh true okay my bad excuse so, me the child gives up his ddr and then one day he's sitting there and the the apartment is silent and he hears the broom okay and it turns out that the guy who lives underneath 
used to be a famous DDR dancer he, oh, himself. He's one of, he, no, here, here's what you do. Okay. He was one of the original creators that got screwed out, out of, of the it. patent. And yeah. that's why he's so bitter on DDR. And, and that's he, why he hates the sound of it. So he trains him because he's going to enter a DDR competition. In tribute to his father. To make his dad proud. To make his father proud. And, but then, while he's dancing, he sees a man who killed his father and he's decide glory or revenge. It should but, be the guy running the tournament. Yes. But you know what he does? Is that he takes them out with him and he chases them while dancing. What if you did for a the t- showdown at the end? <laughs> what if you did a twist? That his father was actually alive, and he wanted to fake his death to inspire his son. No, I want the father dead. <laughs> yeah, same. I want that in my life. That's how I would do the DDR movie. <laughs> All right. I, I, I'm glad that we got something out of that. It's like pulling fucking teeth. No one will go to see that. Um, and no, I'm talking about not your movie. Whenever, whatever they're making, it, it can't be any worse than the Emoji movie. Wait, but that's the same kind of idea wait. they're going with. I just had an idea. <sighs> Can we make a You Watch, I Listen, the movie? About DDR? No. Like, we make our own script. Anyone who's on the show is cast in it. Oh, my God. Yes. And it could be like, you give me a, uh, an album and you have to record me listening to it. We have friends that do, like, f- like filmmaking. We'll make, like, a 25, 30-minute movie. No, no. But it's not a movie. We have to fight aliens or something. I No. Okay. I'll talk to some people. We'll, some, we'll write a script. Um, another video game I didn't know existed that I heard about was an N64 game. <laughs> Did you know there was a Blues Brothers 2000 video game on N64? I feel like I It came did. out like a year after the movie did. It came out in well, 2001. People, you know what I like? How all those movies used in the 2000 never came out in 2000. They were always 2001 or like 1998. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Like, wait, wait, I want to pull up Blues Brothers I think we need to buy the game because I need to play it now. I actually like Blues Brothers 2000. It's nothing like the original, but it has a it's, certain charm. It, dude, it's, it's, it's bad. It's bad, but maybe I only like it because I liked it when I was a kid. Yeah, let's watch some gameplay of uh, uh Yeah, Blues pull Brothers. up some gameplay of Blues Brothers 2000, the N64 game. I don't understand how this... I, I missed this throughout the years because it's... Here, grab, uh, grab that mic if we want to put some sound in it. Uh, no. Okay. I'm not going to. We don't need sound. We're just, just describe the shitty game. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, what was all, that? All right. Okay, wait, wait. I'm going to make this... Alt-right? Alt-right. I said alt-right. <laughs> it's an alt-right, alt-right game. So, the first scene... Look at that fox! What the fuck is happening? It's made by a company called Titus Entertainment, and they have this big, goofy, like, furry fox. Okay, let's see the game. Okay. Jump forward a little bit so we can see gameplay. No, this actually is a game. This is... Opening, it's like the Star Wars opening crawl for Blues Brothers 2000. Okay. Oh. All right, all right. I hear the music. The graphics oh. actually aren't that bad for the N64. It's very <laughs> cartoony. Okay, never mind. Those are horrible. Oh, no. Is it a side-scroller? It can't be a side-scroller on N64, right? So it takes place in Chicago, which is, no you, know, shit. you know, didn't know that. You're in a jail. What's going on? There's musical notes. Like, how... I don't understand why they thought this game would be a good idea in the first place. Why is he wearing a suit in the prison? Because he's, um, Blues Brother. What? <laughs> what? There's, like, an anime Blues Brother. Come on, I want to see gameplay. Let's go. I think this... Oh, my God. Okay, first off, it looked like when you did the cheat code in 007, when you made the heads gigantic, um, except the arms are huge. His hands are bigger than his head. Yeah, his hands are huge. <laughs> <laughs> there's a prison guard walking hey, up to him. Hey, Elwood, you are, What? It, they went too fast. I couldn't read it. Okay, there's musical notes. It kind of looks like you're playing Banjo-Kazooie. This looks like Banjo. His... This looks like Banjo-Kazooie is what it looks like. Why is it... Okay. One <laughs> note is... What? What's going on? This game... Okay, you He's guys... He's in like a portal and stars are shooting up his ass. <laughs> One note is in here. No, it's not. It was right in front of him. They should blend this game with DDR and see what happens. Like... I don't... Uh, this looks horrible. 
Okay, there's a gigantic By the way, heart. The game has Whoa! Whoa! The He's, guard's bigger than he is by good three feet. Oh, and the guard is beating you. It's got a social You have message. to fight the guard. Oh, my God. He just so killed the guard. He just killed the guard with two punches to the sternum. Every and, hundred coins gives you a life. What is going on? All right. I think we've seen enough of this gameplay to know that this is a mistake. We need to buy it. What? Yeah, we're going to buy it. He just got shanked. He got shanked. <laughs> he got shanked. <laughs> a prison shank? Look at this. Let me see. So there's a uh, prisoner wearing a red uh, prison jumpsuit, and he just got shanked. Yeah, he got shanked. The Blues Brothers. He looks 2000. like the strong man so from Bugs Bunny. I've seen Blues Brothers 2000 a few times. I don't remember any of this from the movie. No, it's just like the movie. Yeah, probably. Wait, wait. How much does it cost on eBay? If it's if it's relatively cheap, I'll uh, yeah, let's I'll buy it. I actually have an N64 sitting somewhere. I have one. I have one too. I could just bring it over. If you can't find it. Yeah, we need to we need to play it. Um, I'm hoping we're, oh, we're okay. gonna have some new gear in here pretty soon, so we can like play. Uh, Blues Golden Brothers Eye. 2000. E- um, the DVD costs 9.98 on Walmart. Did you type in N64 Blues Brothers 2000? It's got to be somewhere. Yeah, I found it. I mean, if anyone has this, oh, game, this is, oh, this is expensive. How much is it? Four bucks. Okay, good. Let's buy it. Um, did you hear? Um, shifting subjects. Did you hear that uh, a study was done about the the negative reception to the Last Jedi, the negative uh, online reviews? Oh my god. Um, so just like they took our election, the Russian bots. <laughs> Um, wanted to sabotage Star Wars. Oh. Well, the, the movie didn't make any money, right? No, it made a shit ton of money. Oh, you would think that um, bad you know, reviews th- this would matter. Yeah, exactly. None of this matters. Well, I don't know why this had to be a story, but the best part is there is a good amount of people that. Oh wait, are... this, this is just for the box. <laughs> Buy it. We should hang it up in here. Please buy the box. I don't want the box. Yeah, I do. Buy it, Ch- guys. Vote yes if he should buy the Blues Brothers 2000 box. Yes. You got six yeses just now. From where? Spooner just texted me and said yes. And we're not live. Yeah, but he said yes. It wasn't about that, but he did say yes. And why is that six? It's just Spooner. Not- just order it. We need the box. And then we'll find the game. The box will bring you f- good fortune. I don't know. Um, I'm no, going to try and buy the game. Maybe the box will be so with the game. The, the thing that's fun about the, um, the story. Who just about sells the, the box? I want the box. <laughs> I don't want any of it. You want the box. What's in the box? Not the game. <laughs> what, what would be worse? Blues Brothers 2000, the game, or a loved one's head? <laughs> Blues Brothers. Probably the game. By um, the way, that looks just like John Goodman, right? That blonde guy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, minus like 600 pounds. He was huge in that movie. And it also had um, the the guy from Terminator 2. Um, what's his name? The the one that Arnold. Hamilton goes to kill. Not Arnold, you silly goose. But yeah, the the whole thing with the um, Blues Brothers two thousand was released in nineteen ninety eight. Like why? Well, that was when everything was Millennium based too. Remember when going back to N sixty four? All the games were sixty four. Be like you know Blues Clues sixty four, Star Fox sixty four. Great, I, great. I, game. That was the first game I got for N sixty four with the Rumble Pack. One of the best. Huh? Um, we were talking about N sixty four the other day and a bunch of games that like the only issue the N sixty four had was with their pricing because one game would literally cost twenty to thirty bucks and then you get some that would cost seventy bucks. Um, one of my favorite games ever, Star Wars: Shadows of the Empire, was seventy five dollars when it came out and then you could get Diddy Kong Racing for 40 bucks Diddy Kong Racing was a really so good we're, game I was having this discussion with someone the other day about Mario Kart 64 versus Diddy Kong Racing um, there's two different things here Diddy Kong is the more fun game to play on your own because there's a story multiplayer Mario Kart is the better game the only reason why Mario Kart gets the now job, you're so quiet the only reason why Mario Kart gets the edge is because you can have four players Diddy Kong you can only have two yeah that's but true Diddy I didn't Kong, think of that 
Diddy Kong was so much fun. Diddy Kong was the, you, you had get multiple planes, vehicles drive. The um, hovercraft. The weapons were cooler. You could upgrade the weapons. They had better characters. Yep. Like the difference in Mario, like the difference between a uh, like a fast character and Bowser is it's not the, well. That. The only difference that you had with guys like um, Wario, Donkey Kong, and Bowser was if they bumped into you while you were driving, you'd spin out. And then you had like Toad, who was stupid fast. I always, who was your Mario Kart go-to Yoshi. character? I was always a Wario. I was a Wario guy because you're shit. I am shit. I like. Um, uh, why are we saying Mario Car Kart? It's Mario Cars. Let's Mario get real cars, here. That's right. Um, I am Sometimes, a big fan of Waluigi. Waluigi's not in Mario Cars. Uh, he is in the new ones, idiot. <laughs> like I've played any since '64, anyway. Actually, I had the one for the Wii. It wasn't I bad. Had, I had the Super Nintendo one, and then I had the N64 one. Uh, Rainbow Road on both was a motherfucker. Um, the, the original one on Super Nintendo was hard as hell. I have that for the um, the SNES. Um, the emulator thing? Um, it Classic? Had, didn't age well. No, it did not it age did well. It did not age well, well a game, An all-time great N64 game that did not age well at all is GoldenEye. You can't go back and play GoldenEye. GoldenEye's not that good. I'll tell you what game... I, you know exactly where I'm going. The Legend great, of Zelda. Ocarina Legend of Time. Zelda still holds up. Yeah, I played it about. You're not the only ago. one that has that belief it is as well. Hands down, the greatest game ever made. I played it again, and the whole time I'm going, please don't ruin my nostalgia. Don't ruin my nostalgia. It was better. Yeah, there's certain games that like are universally accepted as like one Star of the all time greats. Um, I but I, just like all time great games. Um, Ocarina of Time is always in that conversation. GoldenEye does end up in the conversation just because of its, its historical si- significance. Uh, you know what? I, I'll take that back. It's multiplayer uh, still holds up. Yeah, but th- the controls are the problem it's not like you it, you're so used to a first person shooter because of two sticks on the yeah. playstation and the xbox now that you have it, i tried playing it a couple years ago and i used to be great at goldeneye i could fucking barely do anything because you're so used to the call of duty the halo format your basic yeah, first yeah. person I shooter controls and it but, also doesn't have the same amount of weapons. well no wait they had a ton of weapons they had it i always like the, the, the i think it was like that. the rpc 60 it was like the brown and and 800 that the, i mean obviously just certain things like playing just slaps the clob the golden gun the, the oh col- yeah was it the clob the club. The yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, GoldenEye, that game, I committed a lot of time and emotion I'm to. I'm trying to think what other games were really great for the N64. Uh, Mario was great. The Mario 64 you're talking about? Like yeah. the story one? That was great. Um, Torok. Torok was a great Torok game. Torok was really good. Um, the, what else? Um, Perfect Dark was a really good game. Perfect I Dark loved was Perfect good. Dark. I played Perfect Dark until recently. Though, That's a, so. That game probably aged I'll pretty well. I'll tell you well. a really underrated game. It's a great RPG. Paper Mario. I loved Paper Mario. Paper Mario was fantastic. Paper Mario was a lot of fun. Uh, Donkey Kong 64 Blues was really Brothers good. Blues Brothers 2000. Uh, Blues Brothers 2000. Um, there, there were certain ones I remember. Oh, my God. Superman 64. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever played it? I owned it. You it's I rough. owned it. It is not even like so the idea of flying around a Superman, which is still amazing. They haven't made a Superman game like since then, really. Um, the only games that really are popular are the Batman Arkham ones and, and the, the new Spider-Man. Spider-Man. But Those are the only two that I can think uh, of. Um, well, there, there was the there was the game ugh, there were the games that came out when you first got uh, an Xbox 360, the Marvel Ultimate Alliance, or more like an RPG setting, and those, those were fun. fun. Those, those, are, those were fun. Those were good. But as far as like immersive stories, it's been the Arkham game. And games and the Spider-Man game. Do you game. remember Marvel vs. Um, Capcom? Capcom? Yeah, of course. I forgot about I ne- I was never big into fighting games is the problem. I played a lot of the early Mortal Kombat because I was never Street a Street Fighter. Fi- I was never I'm a Street Fighter Street fan. Fighter all day. I, I don't Guile know. Guile is my favorite fighting character in any game. Maybe it's because my brothers were big into Mortal Kombat. And, and my, they always beat my, the shit out of you while um, they played it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> like, well, I would just be annoying them, and then they gave me dead legs all the time. So that was always very nice, uh, getting the shit kicked out of your by your brothers that are 10 years older than you. Um, but my poor sister had to deal with that. Um, so did you have any other stories? Because we had uh, something else we were going to do this week, and we're about an hour, so we're going to be about um, an hour and a half. I don't know. I if have, let's see. I'm not going to get to all these. Okay, I'm going to... Is this going to be a new hot take thing where you run down the stories that you skipped? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, I got one. What, um, so you like your job, right? Yeah, yeah, I like my job. I like my job, too. Sure. We're both pretty happy. Uh-huh. You've had jobs that you hate, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, oh. when you had your bad jobs, though, <laughs> didn't you always want to quit? Didn't you always dream in your head how you want to quit it? Absolutely. Postal <laughs> Service blames former worker for mail dumped on side of road. A guy in the middle of his shift in New Jersey, in New Jersey, in New Jersey. quit his job and just dumped the mail on the side yeah, of the road. Yeah, and it was like a lot of mail. <laughs> it was a day's worth of mail. I mean, there's certain ways to go out. A dozen cartons. Oh my god! And so I think everyone's had that vision, of like how they're going to quit. Mine usually are like violent. Like I picture like myself like ripping out like uh, my boss's innards, not my current boss, but bosses in the past. I- my, so, I've, honestly, I'm going to be honest. I've never really thought about okay, it. Okay, so my worst job I brought the I story had, up. I know I my, did. I my worst job that I had, I worked at Milford Manor for a little while, um, which is it's an old folks, uh, like a retirement community. It's not a nursing home. It's a retirement That's community. That's my grandpa was we died. Were you involved in that? Because I, I, really I may pissed. have. Um, so Milford Manor, I worked in the kitchen, and I did basically dishwashing. And, not basically. It's what I did, and I had to serve like tea and coffee to these old shitheads. And there were cases. I cannot picture you being no, um, understanding it, with old people. No, no, I hate them. Um, send them to an island and just get rid of them and drop a nuke on it. Um, it once you get to like seventy, your, your purpose is served in this world. The island. Why are we nuking it on top of? Because it? they shouldn't be there. Because it's going to start to smell and carry over. I don't want it. So. You got to see some really funny things. Like, um, I remember one time I'm in the back, I'm doing the dishes, and I hear one of my coworkers go, Alan! And I walk back there, and there's this like 90-year-old ass-naked dude just standing there, and he goes, guys, I'm training for the games, and he starts jogging around the kitchen. But then there were things like I saw where I went to give this one, I remember it was an elderly Asian man, and I go to give him his coffee, and I get a whiff of something gross, and he's eating his duty out of his pants. So, but the problem wasn't the, the senior citizens themselves. There were some that thought I was a woman for some reason she said miss miss all the time uh, but right. the problem was yeah the problem was the boss who was an utter cunt and I'm pretty sure she's still there and I have no problem calling her an utter cunt because she was um th- my uncle passed away um in upstate New York and I had to go away like literally two days later for services and she told my all my co-workers that I made up my uncle dying to get out of work and that it, um no one she goes no one's uncle dies suddenly and I said you want to tell that to my dead my two dead uncles like I have this is my third uncle that died um so I, I had a vision scenario of just beating the hell out of her with the the dishes the dirty dishes themselves I remember just seeing her face after she gave me shit and just taking all these dirty dishes and just beating the hell out of her with her glasses breaking over her face um obviously I would never do that but if I could have gotten away with it I would have done it um, and I pictured like myself shitting on her desk as well. I wanted her to be alive and then have like a bloody face and then have to clean up my duty. 
way to keep it light and fun. Well, you know what? I think it's a pretty fucked up thing to say that a, a 16-year-old kid is making up that his uncle died. Not to say that people haven't made up deaths in the family, but it was literally my mom that called and said that my uncle passed away, and she still said I made it up. Um, but she, this woman also knew my family. My aunt worked there, so maybe she had some kind of vendetta against me. We don't have a great reputation in this town, the Perosis. No. Um, I had to deal with that in high school because everyone knew my brother, and that was, if I was bad in high school, my brother was like a hundred times worse. He'd walk into his friend's classes and just throw pickles at them. <laughs> He'd yell pickle, throw the pickle at his friend in the class, and then leave. So, um, yeah, troublemakers. All right. So the thing we had this week, last week we did our top 10 most influential albums, yep. um, which was really cool. I had a lot of fun doing it, and I found this one to be much, much harder, and that is this my 10 most really influential tough. movies. There's a couple I knew would be on here, and there's a couple that I knew I was leaving off, um, but why don't we do one and one again? Uh, why don't you go first? And right. This is no order. Like, what is Did the most... Did you do um, honorable mentions? Um... I have honorable mentions that I can name, but um, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, um, Evil Dead is up there. Uh... Taxi Driver would have to be on there. Okay, let Goodfellas, me, Casino. I need to do a quick edit because I didn't really organize mine sure. with um, the honorable I'm, mentions. I'm trying to think so some, me, some more on, while you you're go first it. while I do this. Okay, so my first movie on my honorable mention or on my um my influential movie list is the movie that made me a diehard horror fan, and that is Night of the Living Dead. Um I this is the first time I saw a movie that wasn't like a children's movie that left me feeling something after the fact. I remember being so shaken up at such a young age by what I was seeing on screen and it just carried over. And it, it I that's what I so many things made me believe and from a young age that something that happens when you're young can influence you for the rest of your life and for me the movie Night of the Living Dead made such a difference I just had never seen anything like that and I'd seen horror movies but nothing like Night of the Living Dead when I was that seven years old it just it, it meant and it's still to this day you obviously know how much I love it but it just it it's it, it shaped my entire taste in horror and legitimately if I don't know if I saw it not just the fact that I love zombie movies it gave it to now as an adult it makes me appreciate indie horror more so because that was the very first independent horror film ever made so if there's no Night of the Living Dead who knows how many great horror movies throughout the years don't happen um, it was socially conscious before movies were socially conscious um, using the zombies as a vehicle to tell another story and that happens so much now in film so uh, Night of the Living Dead has to be if I, w- if I was ranking them it's my number one but we're not uh, but it was the first one I wrote down because it's the first one that comes to my mind okay my, uh, I guess, number 10, I don't know. I didn't rank sure. them either. Office Space. Great great choice. That's a really good one. Um, I think Office Space is the perfect example of a movie, of a cult classic movie that became popular afterwards. Sure. And I'm pretty sure no one liked this movie its first run. No. Me included. It's kind of like the Coen Brothers thing, where Coen Brothers movies are reflected upon better yep. years down the and road. And I actually have a couple of those on the sure. list. So Office um, Space, Mike Judge. So I think the movie... First of all, it's one of those movies that once you work in an office environment, you understand it ten times funnier. One thousand percent. It was a movie that influenced dry comedy, subtle comedy, comedy about the mundane, the everyday. Mixing the dry comedy with almost slapstick at times too. There's a thread in it where I believe everyone between a VP or a mailroom attendant can relate to that movie and just the monotony of everyday life. And I think very few movies capture that as well office space the only one that comes to mind it's not on my list obviously is jeff who lives at home oh that's a good just i like that movie a lot the actually. monotony of the everyday and, and he did um mike judge did another one that i thought really didn't get enough extract? credit extract was extract great was i really good. liked extract that was but didn't it was love extract, it was it, it was office space light 
is probably yeah. what it was. And that was really good. So that's a great choice, Office Space. I only have two comedies on my list, which I'll get to. Um, my number two um, movie on my list is... Um, it, I, this is the first movie I ever remember making me cry. Um, I was on a trip with my dad, and we were in a hotel, and we went to rent some movies. And for the first time in my life, I saw Terminator 2. Terminator 2, I was so sad when Arnold went at the end. I was all of five, six years old. Yeah. Uh, and thumbs just, up. It, it's, uh, to me, it is the greatest action movie of all time. I and I would say it's one of, I think it's one of the 10 best movies ever made from start to finish. It, the, the way it mixes action, drama, breaks the tension with some laughs here and there, like when he's trying to teach him how to say hasta la vista, baby. We're doing the whole high five thing. Um, there is, I, I don't see a single flaw in Terminator 2 uh, under any circumstances. It's aged one wonderfully um and it, it's it's one of those ones i could put on any time and i will never get sick of it um but it was the first action movie just like night of the living dead was the first movie that left an impact this was the first action movie that made me realize action doesn't have to be just blood and guts there can mm -hmm. be a serious dramatic element that makes you feel something so terminator 2 has to be on my list terminator 2 um might be my honorable mentions. I actually didn't think of it, but I do agree that it's the greatest action yes. movie ever made. I don't know if I put it top ten all time. It's well, uh, maybe from a special effects perspective. I yeah, would. I would say so. It, it definitely changed the Probably way special one effects of were the looked most at. Influential movies, and people don't think of it as influential. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if the the sex without the success of Terminator Two, something like The Matrix probably never happens. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because The Matrix influence is dramatic in that. So, um, but yeah, I mean, saying it's a top ten movie all time is obviously a stretch because there's so many classics. Um, but if I was making my own personal top ten list be one of, of my favorite favorites. movies, uh, I. I I don't know if any movie has better replay value for me personally than Terminator 2. I don't think there's a bad scene in the movie, no, and I not. don't think there's a lot of movies. And even the director's cut, which usually I don't like director's cut, there's great stuff in director's cut. The whole nuke sequence, uh, the dream sequence is longer in that and much more brutal, and I wish they kept that, but um, Terminator 2. My All right, so I have a movie which is probably the only movie on the list that there's a chance you haven't seen. Sure. Have you ever seen The Burbs? I've seen parts of the birds, not Tom the Hanks. Yeah. It's a movie from the '80s. Really, not a cult, not even a cult classic. It's one of those I, movies that I, just was on Cinemax. I or really whatever. should commit some time to watching it because I love Tom Hanks. Maybe one of the times when we uh, switch, we we'll switch. Uh, switch. I'll, I'll yeah, I, I agree. Um, not a great movie. Very similar to um, the movie you gave me this week, where it's a little dated, but sure. the fun is in the campiness about it, um, the over the top. Basically, the movie is that Tom Hanks believes that some of his new neighbors are cannibals. Yes. And um, that's really the, the gist of the, the movie. The crutch of the film. It's a silly movie. Um, I wouldn't say it's a good movie. Uh, but I, the, it's a beloved movie, though. The reason why it's on here is that I've watched this movie with my dad probably more times than any other movie. He loves this that's movie. That's probably Terminator 2 for me. And just, I remember being a little kid watching Sunday movie, uh, morning, waking up and watching my dad and belly laughing to the point where I was just, you know, kind of in and out of that white light thing. Love the movie. It's you should, not go, a good you should movie. go towards the white light. <laughs> um, um, the I, I get exactly what you mean, though. Um, it's I just said like that's the movie. My Terminator Two. My dad probably watched the most in that and like Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> he always watched. My dad always watched Soul Play for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that's surprising. Um, so great choice on the Burbs. Not that I've seen the whole thing, but I like the outside the box thinking. So I'm gonna. My next one is another Tom Hanks movie that is not outside the box. It's my favorite movie of all time, and that's Forrest Gump. I don't really need to spend a lot of time on it, but this is the movie I've seen the most in my life. Um, to me, I always de de uh, describe it as the most complete movie of all time. It's dramatic. It's romantic. It has action. Uh, it has comedy in it. The whole war sequence is pretty well done in Vietnam. The soundtrack is amazing One on it. One of the it. best Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is great, obviously. Sally Field as his mom was great. Gary Sinise and his fat Asian wife, Susan. Um, it's just, uh, I, it never gets old for me. Um, this, that and Terminator 2, I probably see more than anything. And I'm, I have no problem admitting that every time I watch Forrest Gump, I cry because I'm a fruit. So, uh, Forrest 
Forrest Gump is my third most influential movie. So this is going to be my Terminator 2 on my list. Sure. Independence Day. Great one. That's a great one. It's Not a great movie, but it's great at the same time. Very few movies when I was a little kid got me more hyped, and I don't think my heart has ever um, beaten out of my chest harder than when it's hovering over the Empire State Building. I think every single person of our age was influenced by that movie yes, one way or the other. 1,000%. It's still a movie. I don't care how bad the second half is. I don't care how corny the dialogue is. I will stop and watch Independence. Hell yeah! I I will. T- I just got a friend request. <laughs> I don't know why. You're not friends with him. I am, but maybe it's a bot, so I'm accepting it. Um. So anyway, um. Yeah. Uh, Independence Day, and that one was definitely my honorable mentions. There was one movie that is has to be at the top of my honorable mentions. I don't know why I didn't say it. That just missed the cut and is probably in my top ten most watched movies. That didn't make it is Twister because of how many times I've seen it and how much I was such a fan of weather when I was a little kid. It was just that and independent. I loved weather, dude. I was, I was I, a fan of weather. I loved weather, man. I want I wanted to be a weatherman when I was a kid or a storm chaser. I loved it. I thought it was so interesting. I had all kinds of movies about it, documentaries about it. I had books about it, and Bill Paxton taught me how to curse properly at a young age because he was saying shit every two seconds. Um, I watched that with Brian Selasik every day after school for probably two years, and then we set a house on fire. Um, so great choice on Independence Day. Uh, my next one is my first comedy on the list. It's my favorite comedy of all time. I've seen it so many fucking times, and that is The Jerk with Steve Martin. Um, I, this movie they would never get away with now, and that's part of what makes it so damn good. Like, that and Blazing Saddles would never get get done now. The, the, the hate this can scene is still the funniest I scene. hate, yeah. They hate these, <laughs> these cans. These cans are defective. Like, it's just, there's just so many, lo- when he's laying with the girl, and he's talking about how, mu- how much time it's been since he's seen her, it's it, just the way he does it, and this is like Steve Martin in his prime, when he was really funny and didn't think he was a song and dance man, like Billy Crystal um, and playing a banjo all the time. This movie has so many things that would be just absolutely land blasted. They would start making this movie now and get shut down after one and day of production. it's a beloved movie. It's a beloved movie and it's so smart. It's so goofy. It's so funny. There's so many little things in there. You'll see people that you know from other things that you uh, didn't expect to see in there. It's just uh, it, the movie will never not make me laugh my it's ass off. It's a damn off. good movie. Um, so The Jerk is my fourth one on my list. I got a hack one on this list. All right. The Godfather. Well, it's one of let's the just old, get let's just kill two birds one stone. I have the Godfather's my next one. It's it not is a hack answer. The it's most not. perfectly cast as an Italian ever. in New Jersey that you can't you say can't the Godfather's watch, a hack. Watch answer. it every Christmas. There's not a single scene in that movie. The worst scene in the movie is a nine out of ten, and I couldn't even tell you which one that is. Yeah, perfectly paced. It's the only movie that the length is a strength of it. Yes. because you know how much I like a short movie or not a short movie, but a movie that doesn't overstate its wealth. Yeah, yeah. The Godfather is one of the few that doesn't. It's the it's best. It's one of the most perfectly cast films of all time. The it's the last time you time. got Marlon Brando making an effort as well, which is a big part of it. It was the last time he was trying. You don't even think the, the doctor, the island of Doctor Monroe? No, and that the other thing is, even then he was start kind of like giving a fuck. They had to hold up signs for him. He wasn't wearing pants in half the scenes. Like the, you could see the the filming scene, um, the pictures of the filming, and he's not wearing pants in half the shots. Um, but just to expand upon it, that's my next one as well. Um, I I just think everything about this movie is perfect. It, I think it's timeless. I think that even though it was made, it was supposed to be. It was t- it took place in the the fifties, right, or the forties or forties uh, into the. 
the 40s and in the 50s, but it was filmed in the 70s, and you can you don't feel like it's like an old movie no. at all. The score is unbelievable. Coppola's direction, no one else could have directed this movie and have it hold up all these years later. Al Pacino at his best. And if you want, uh, I personally, I put The Godfather, but I, I do consider one and two the same movie. They're one movie to me because I, I can't watch one without watching two. I personally. I don't totally, I understand what you're saying. I don't agree, but there's, there's no movie that perfectly segues into the next one. I yeah. think that's the way to put it. Yeah, and growing and up in Italian families as well, I it was just it was like um like you got a Bible, you got the Godfather. Yeah, <laughs> like that's literally what it was. It's one of the few movies where all the stereotypes are completely embraced by the community. Absolutely. And well, and, I heard that there would be mobsters who changed the way they act because of that movie. It's unrealistic. And, it's romanticizing something that really was brutal and horrible. And, and it's perfect. And its influences still felt all these years yeah. later. You got to think about it. Wait, I mean, there were gangster movies, but there wasn't a gangster movie that was the dynamic of what made the family the family, like The Godfather. Best part is, they don't say mafia in the movie once. No, not and at all. And they say it only once and, in the second and movie. And something that Sopranos kind of spoofs on that, not that you've seen it, but whenever it brings up, like, his kids would be like, are you in the mafia? It's like a dirty word. Yeah. It's, it's, you're not supposed to say it. And it has, again, some of the most iconic scenes of all time. Um, him getting, Most parodied movie. I mean, the little things you see, like the oranges being a symbol of death, and that's done throughout the series. Um, the, the famous restaurant... You know about the oranges and the Godfather. Yes, I know. Oh, you made a face like you didn't. Um, but I, was, the, I was picking the, some out of my teeth. I mean, Luca Brasi sleeps with the fishes. The the restaurant scene. It's just there's countless, if countless. Diane never, Lane's amazing in if it. If you've never seen the Godfather, you've seen the Godfather because every scene yeah. in the movie has been parodied. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't think there's a scene that isn't parodied in that. Uh, I, would I can't agree. think of one. So why don't you? Get- it also has, in my opinion, the best scene in any movie ever, and Which? it's probably one of the more um, less celebrated scenes. The greatest scene in all movie history is when he goes to the hospital to visit his father. Oh, the And the baker comes up, and you see the baker's hands shaking, and he takes out his lighter and lights a cigarette, and his hands still. It's it's brilliant. It's it's so subtle. To this day, it is the best scene in any movie, and I don't know how a movie can top it. I Uh, still get chills just thinking about it. I don't disagree. So since that was my fifth as well, and you just did four, why don't you give me your fifth, and then I'll jump in next. A movie that you um, alluded to before. Blazing Saddles, another movie you can't make today. No, oh my God, the sheriff is near. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> the funniest movie ever made. The most offensive movie ever made. The smart, one of the smartest, smartest movies movie. ever made. It literally, there's never been a movie that's been so stupid and so smart you, at the same time. Do you time. think it would have worked if Richard Pryor was playing the sheriff? No. Because like, he was originally supposed no, to be. No, Cleveland Little. Uh, that's I, who played Cleveland Little, right? Yeah. I, I, it was supposed to be Richard Pryor. Richard and, Pryor and... Um, Richard Pryor, um, Paul Mooney. Paul no, no, Mooney no, no, was um, considered as well. What's his face? Uh, John Wayne was yes, supposed to be absolutely. in it too. And he famously said, I won't be in it, but I'll be the first to see it. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would agree completely. Blazing Saddles, the the impact that's still felt. One of the most referenced movies by comedic actors ever is being an inspiration as well. It's so, There's so many scenes, like the farting scene. It's so goofy, but it works. Little it just, bastard shot me in the ass. It's the, the whole movie is just, it's perfect. It's a perfect yeah. comedy. Um, and, and to be fair, Mel Brooks has a lot of them. I love Young Frankenstein. Young Frankenstein is brilliant. I like Young Frankenstein. I, that just, that's an honorable mention for me. Young Frankenstein, I feel... Because Young Frankenstein's usually number one, and then Blazing Saddles yeah. number two. And I kind of always was a little jaded towards Young Frankenstein. Not that it's because a great how movie, much you love Blazing Saddles. Because Blazing Saddles, I feel like, was always better. That's fair. And I feel like people are afraid, because of the way the movie is, to say that they no, put Blazing no Saddles number one. It. Um, so yeah, that's a really good one. Um, so my next one, uh, I I would hope this one maybe is on your list as well. Um, it's the best movie in this franchise, I would say, and that's The Empire Strikes Back. Um, so I I love 
all the Star Wars movies, admittedly, I like the bad ones. I don't care. I love them. Uh, but Empire Strikes Back, I remember when my dad said, and you'll be hearing me reference my dad a lot when it comes mm-hmm. to these things because he, he shaped my taste in movies and music so much. But we rented all the movies. And uh, it was when they released all the special editions. He had like old shitty ones. He's like, let's watch these. And it was like one weekend. I watched the first one. I thought it was so cool. You see the Death Star. You get to see Darth Vader, this big bad guy. And then when Empire Strikes Back, it was the first time I embraced a non-happy ending which is a big part of it, but it was also the first movie with a twist that made me say, oh my God, I was not ready for Mm -hmm. it. I was in such shock. I had to be, again, seven years old or so. And the, the, uh, no, I am your father, one of the most misquoted lines of all time as well. Um, But it it just did so much. I mean, and then little side characters like Boba Fett that just lasted forever. And it's... By the way, Boba Fett does very little movies. He does one thing. And he's beloved. And just, again, it just, uh, it completely, changed the way I thought a movie's ending could impact me. So I didn't actually have any of the Star Wars on there because I just had Star yeah. Wars the franchise. Sure. The original. So that's your next one? Um, I, you, Everything you said. I mean, if you're a fan of movies, if you're a fan of sci-fi, if you're a fan of toys, just Star Wars is the the way to go. I hate to say it, the Godfather. Oh, well, of Star it Wars all. completely changed the toy yeah, industry I mean, as well. Star Wars, what can I say about it? I mean... If you're a young kid with an imagination, Star Wars was influential yeah, and, to you. and it shaped your imagination yeah. in a lot of ways. So that's just my next one. I, I don't have anything more to say about don't Star Wars. Okay. It's one of my favorite movies. Still can watch it anytime. I watch it maybe once a year. I watch all three of the originals. Um, I rewatched the prequels recently. They still suck. I still think Revenge of the Sith is underrated, but it's still pretty shitty. Yeah, of course. All right, so my next one. Um, this is the only sports movie on my thing and it's the only sports the first sports movie that made me realize sports movies can be more about just the big game ending and that's Raging Bull Um, Raging Bull I think is one of the all-time great dramas one of the all-time great performances not just from uh, De Niro but Joe Pesci is amazing in it as well and is a big big picture debut really Um, as playing Jake LaMotta the fight scenes are incredible Um, one of the big things and this was a, a record until recently the weight gain to weight loss that Robert De Niro did from young LaMotta to old Lamada in the movie. Um, I think the fact that it's in black and white makes it better as well. Um, the score is amazing. It's one of my favorite scores to any movie ever. Um, it, it's it, it didn't brush away from making its uh, main character look like a scumbag with how abusive and controlling he was. Should have won Best Picture. It, sh- it got robbed by fucking ordinary by people. By the way, I actually don't think Ordinary People is that bad of a movie. It but just I'm jaded like bad. you are with Young Frankenstein oh, yeah. versus Blazing Saddles. Raging Bull, I think, again, it should be in any conversation of top 10 to 20 movies of all time. I think it's I think it's probably Scorsese's best work. I also I need to see it again. I saw it maybe a decade ago. I've only seen it once and I loved it, but it's one of those movies where I need to see it again. It, it, Raging Bull is just like The Godfather when a movie really clicks it makes you realize the wonder of cinema when it can be done well. The wonder, uh, of the wonder. Cinema. No, legitimately, because I, I again, I get so submerged in movies when I watch them. They can be so submersive that I feel like I'm in there seeing it firsthand. So, um, Raging Bull just really uh, does that for me, and I think it's the greatest sports movie of all time. I think a lot of people would agree. Yeah. All right. What's your next? So, um, I have a question. W- one of the first, actually, I think it was the first topic that we had on this show. Do you okay. remember what it was? No. It was Marvel movies. Yes. And what did I say? That you hate them. I hate comic book movies. Yeah. So that's why I put Sin City on here. Okay. I think I mean, Sin graphic City, novel Sin City, yeah, sure. It's a comic, comic yeah, sure. I think Sin City is still one of the most technically beautiful movies ever. Yes, made. I agree. And I don't I can't tell you why I like the movie. 
it is one of my top three favorite movies. There's something about a movie that you just can't explain, and it clicks with it. I think it actually is a movie that should be more heralded than it is. The little subtlety. First of all, the movie's not a deep movie. It's yeah. just, you know, movies Pretty about, simple. It's, yeah. a, it's a revenge, revenge film movies, in a lot of ways. There's yeah. murder. There's fighting against the man, whatever. But I think it's one of those movies where every single person casted, and it's an assemble cast. Yeah. There's not a Brittany single- Murphy, Elijah Wood, Bruce Willis, Mickey Rourke. Uh, a lot, uh, do you say I, Elijah I said Wood? Elijah Wood. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, what, Jessica Alba. Josh Hartnett. Josh, um, Josh Hartnett. Uh, he's in there. There, it's, um, a, a, it's a ridiculous cast. Let's just leave it. Michael at that. Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah. Rest in peace. <sighs> Rosario Dawson. Rosario Dawson. Um, I remember when this came out, I wanted to see it in the theater. I didn't get to and I bought it without seeing it because I was like, there's no way I'm not going to love this movie. And I haven't watched that in quite a while. I watched the, the, the recent sequel and that just mm. really left a bad taste in my mouth. But that also influenced the huge new style in filmmaking. It did. Um, Dark, gritty. It, it, it's, I don't think if the, that's the success of Sin City, there's no 300. There's no Watchmen. Uh, there were some really bad ones like the spirit which actually i liked because of how bad it was the spirit was awful and it made me laugh i saw it once i, was, I think i, was drunk I, I only I saw, saw it, it once and i yeah, that was it i'll tell you what it is it wasn't the first movie to do the black and white with a touch of color but no movie did it better i would agree with that um so that's a really good choice um so let's see what do i have next uh, after raging bull this is my only other comedy on here um and it, this is one that influenced a lot in comedy as well and this is clerks um clerks to me is one of the coolest comedies ever made just even the way it was made but then when you think about the offshoots that came from clerks uh, from jay and silent bob mall becoming, rats. mall rats dogma chasing dogma, amy. which i think is the best uh, i in... think chasing amy's great and that, chasing amy's one that i liked as i got older because i just think it's a very well done story it's different from yeah, the others uh to do a sequel to clerks clerks too and keep it to its simplicity but to put a new spin on it shows that how important those characters were to the creator kevin smith uh clerks has so many lines that hold up all these years later Later. Um, I saw this from my brother when I was very young because him and his friends rented it from the uh, video store all the time and the one time they kept rewinding it so much that they fucked up the, the <laughs> reel and had to pay for it um, but the, my favorite scene in Clerks that makes me laugh to this day is when uh, the guy uh, the one guy comes in and he's looking at the cat in the litter box there's a cat in the litter box on the counter and he's just staring at the cat as it's taking a shit in the litter box and he slowly starts smiling and it's so subtle but just like things like the milkmaids the guy that wants just the eggs dialogue. the dialogue the whole conversation the- about the, the Death Star. The Death Star. One of the independent be- contractors. My girlfriend sucked 37 dicks in a row. It's just a brilliant, brilliant comedy that I can watch endlessly. Clerks has to be on my list. You know what? Um, I love Clerks. I do think Clerks 2 is better. I'm one of the few people, but that doesn't mean I don't love Clerks I think Clerks it's different. One. Clerks 1 is more dialogue and Clerks 2 is visual, which yeah. is the difference between that, that's what he made that one in color because he wanted to, he knew what he was doing. Um, but I, Clerks 2 may have more laugh out loud moments. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Clerks, and I think it's really hard to do to create a shared universe, which is a buzzword now, in, in comic, a comedy. Yeah, and that's really crazy. To when create you your own about, mythology like yeah, that. Yeah, and you had an animated series, there were comic books, Jay and Silent Bob were on shit like the Grassy. The cartoon series where they did a flashback episode, the second episode. Yeah, exactly. All right, what do you have next? So I have our um, last two. I have your last three. One of my favorite comedies of all time, and a movie that I think a lot of people think is overrated. And Norbit. I think they're assholes. Norbit is my <laughs> next one. The Big Lebowski. Oh, great call. The Big great Lebowski call. is one of the greatest movies ever. It is the greatest cult classic ever. And again, ever. like we said before, Coen Brothers. Brothers. It did not get the praise that it has now universally. The when dude it came out. is Jeff Bridges. I don't care what anyone says. 
best role he's ever done for just yeah, a I've, slacker. It's and then he didn't win until Crazy Heart is what he won an Oscar for, which was overrated. John Goodman, great. John great Goodman, Steve Buscemi, great casting. Who may be? Um, he may again, and I know it's ridiculous. Maybe one of his best films ever. Yeah, you had a very young Tara Reid, a teenage Tara Reid in that, um, before she um, went nuts. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour, oh my God, yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. But it's just... Um, There's there, a lot of subtle humor to it. There's a lot of offbeat humor. The movie really doesn't have a plot, but it's got a very complicated no, it's like the, plot. It's like the Seinfeld of movies. Um it's one of those movies that I feel like is quoted a lot, and I feel like there's a lot of people who say they like it, and you know that they don't really like yeah, it because it's trendy, and it's so trendy, now it's almost uncool. So I think in another 20 years, The Big Lebowski is going to be cool again. It's going to get revisited yeah. and be cool again, so that's a great choice. Um, so my next two are horror movies because I, I just couldn't leave these off, and the next one is The Shining. Um, it, again, that that's one that just it made me feel like I was there, and maybe because I read the book before I saw the movie, and I this is one where I actually like the movie more than the book. I know I'm in the minority of people, that like the movie more but Kubrick's filmmaking the way uh, he was the first one to have the uh, steady cam in a movie mm-hmm. and you could see that and that's so perfect in the hallway scene specifically Talk about the 1999 one right oh uh, the one the made for TV one that Stephen King said was better yeah um, again Jack Nicholson un- unbelievable um, another very parodied movie throughout the years very the, twin, the twins in the hallway first time I saw it um, I had already seen it because I knew there's an the outsider coming. <laughs> I'm not going to finish that quote. <laughs> um, as one of my favorite weird scenes ever, when Shelley Duvall is running up the stairs and she looks down the hallway and it's just a guy in a bear suit or a dog suit going down on someone and it makes no sense at all. Um, a lot of people know about how uh, Stanley Kubrick more or less abused Shelley Duvall during the filming of this and it, it turned her into uh, she's crazy. Now, yeah, right? she went completely crazy. They filmed the famous stair scene with Jack Nicholson something like 120 times just on repeat and um, he was especially hard on her but there's just so many things about this movie that still hold up there's documentaries about the meaning of the movie like Room 237 um, and about how it's subtle things did Stanley Kubrick ever not make an iconic movie because I feel like his catalog even Eyes Wide Shut is Eyes Wide Shut I mean you could say his last actual movie was AI artificial intelligence. It's, I don't and, consider but, that a Kubrick uh, but, movie. Yeah, it, I, it's, it's cool. It's I get script. it. But. The first half of it was directed by him, and then Spielberg got silly with it. Um, but no, I don't think there really is one from Doctor Strangelove to uh, 2001. I always forget that he was Doctor Strangelove. Ooh, that... Yeah, that's an honorable mention. Um, so yeah, me. then um, yeah, so The Shining has to Shit, be on my list. I can't believe I forgot that one. All right, what do you got next? So I'm doing one completely out of character. You are going to make fun of me, but I think it's one of the most beautiful ma- movies ever made. A Japanese cartoon, Spirited Away. I love this movie. It's a little girl who goes into this mystical Yay. place. It's just a fantastic movie. I hate anime. I think anime is ridiculous. I don't get it. This movie I get. It is one of those movies where the... I think it was one of the last cell shaded movies. And there's so much going on in every scene. You don't know what's going on half the time. I've seen the movie a hundred times and I'm still not sure what's going on. I don't know if it's the cultural differences... It's colorful, you actually feel fear, you get transported to this world in the middle of the woods with all these characters and creatures. I love the movie. It made me want to like anime, and then I watched a few others and said, okay, this is the outlier because the rest of it sucks. Yeah. This is one of the few ones where I absolutely love this movie. It is a Disney movie, except it's better. Um, I can't really comment on it because I've never seen it. I just know a lot of people like it. 
Um, so yeah, a lot of normal people like a it. a lot of normal people like it. Um, hey Matt, uh, Spooner just stepped in. We're finishing up in literally like five minutes, so you don't even need to jump on the mic. Uh, we're jump just, on. If you want to jump on, jump on. Sure. Um, so my uh, my next and last movie on my list. Um, it's another horror movie. Um, and I would be remiss if I left off a slasher type film. Um, and my favorite of the slashers is Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, I think it's next to Halloween the best of those movies. I think Freddy next to Jason is the most iconic. Yeah. Uh, I think he is the biggest pop culture of them uh, like pop culture crossover to them there was a Freddy Krueger hotline back in the day mm. but uh, just uh, everything about Nightmare on Elm Street the introduction of Johnny Depp into Hollywood the famous scene where he gets sucked into the bed and the blood coming out there's just so many things I love about Nightmare on Elm Street it never gets old for me uh, I like this most of the sequels not all of them uh, so yeah Nightmare on Elm Street is my last of my most important. before I give you my last movie these are some of my honorable mentions no Country for Old Men. Great movie. The Lion King when I was a little kid. Oh, I that's a, that, I, that, well, that should be in my honorable mentions. I love The Lion King. Titanic. It's corny, but it was one of those few cultural phenomenons that I was I'm glad you were wearing of. a pink shirt today. <laughs> Days and Confused. <laughs> great, great Usual choice. Suspects, which is my that, all-time that's favorite a great movie. Choice. Seven would be on my honorable mention. Seven's up there. I love the movie. I don't think it was influential on me, but I do love it. A really obscure movie. The reason it's on this list is because my grandmother, who unfortunately was a stroke victim, was obsessed with this movie. Did you say fortunately was a stroke victim? Oh, okay. I was like, fortunately, she had. It was a, a movie starring I Love Lucy and Ricky called The Long Long Her Trailer. Her name is I Love Lucy. Yes, it is. <laughs> the movie's called The Long Long Trailer. I've seen this movie probably twenty five times. The movie sucked, but I watched it with her growing up. So okay, no, that makes sense. And then my number one most influential movie, the first movie I was obsessed with, my first love as a child, a movie that my mom told me you have to stop renting because it's getting weird, and that's Gremlins Two. Oh, good one, the new batch, great movie, and that's um John Landis directed that. Um, um, and actually, I just watched a Landis movie the other night. The movie uh, that started the PG-13 uh, movement? Yeah. Um, that and uh, Temple of Doom. John Landis is probably most responsible for the horror comedy genre, and that all started with American Werewolf in London. And then he went to Gremlins, and Gremlins 2. And there wouldn't be if it wasn't for John Landis, there'd be nothing like Get Out out there. And there which wouldn't be any Gremlins 2, because yeah, Gremlins 1. Gre I actually like Gremlins 2 more than 1 as well. I think uh, the little... They're very different They're movies, very different movies, but 2, weird, two was so much fun, man. Hulk Hogan's in, in Gremlins 2. Okay. He's cooking. Real quick, uh, do you have anything else? Uh, just hot takes. Okay, uh, let me go with the hot takes, because sure. I actually do have something for us before we finish up. Oh, God, I'm not eating anything. Yes, you are. Fuck, shit, damn it. Um, the Yankees are in the playoffs. Game two is tonight. Um, I'm really excited for it. But I want to talk about something, about how Brian Cashman is the best GM in a baseball because okay. of a certain player, Luke Voigt. Where the hell did this guy come from? For two years, we were... Building up, he came bird. into a, a, a right field porch that anyone could hit a home run. Over. Well, you know what? <laughs> you know, you know what? Greg doesn't bird matter. It doesn't matter where you hit him. The guy well, was Greg Bird sucks. The guy was a quadruple A player. Sure, his career. he may still be. He may be Shane Spencer reincarnated. Raul Abanez a couple years but ago. But what this guy did. Just coming, being thrust in there. The guy is a cold hero. I really he has to be. He has to be GM of the year, Cashman, one hundred percent. He anyone who says a Cashman when you have a lot of money, you can build a team. He did not build this team of money, save for John Carlo and maybe re-signing CC guys like Luke Voigt Tanaka. came out of nowhere. I love this kid. I really hope whatever happens that he has a good postseason. I want to see him back because he's the kind of I think guy that you want to have in your team. And you know what? Enough of Greg Bird. I've had it with him. If Luke Voigt can do it, you can do it. I hate your fucking surgically repaired foot. Go the fuck home. Um, I think a lot of what Voigt will be next year is going to hinge on where the Yankees finish this year. Um, if the Yankees somehow don't make it past this round, there's going to be a lot of change next year. 
There's going to be. Because the fact of the matter is, they thought they got better than the Red Sox this year, and they didn't. They thought Giancarlo was an upgrade, but he wasn't an upgrade like J.D. Martinez was. Do you think J.D. Martinez... Well, I, don't, I don't want to go to break into baseball too much, but... Is he I, more sustainable than Giancarlo Stanton? He might be. Uh, he has been the last two he years. Well, it's not a one-year wonder now. I think that this is everything came up perfectly for the Red Sox, with the I, exception of Chris Sale. Chris Sale, Price was out for a while. They've had a lot of injuries, but, too, with the um, pitching staff especially. I think this team, actually, of all the teams, has shades of the 2013 team, the, the which one, is there's nothing great about the team, but there's nothing bad the about one, the, the team. The one thing I would say is I think if um, I think the Red Sox have a, I think the Red Sox have a much better manager. I think Cora has a better feel for the game. Boone, we don't know what Boone is. I'll say this. Boone managed that wild card game great, perfectly. Great. But also, he was also managing against probably one of the worst all-time winner-go-home decisions of all time, which was going to be my hot take, but I don't want both to be on baseball. So my hot take is going to shift towards football. Um, and I have to call out fans across the board for crying about the roughing the passer calls. Um, specifically, the thing they cried about was the non-roughing the passer call in the Colts-Patriots game on Thursday night when uh, two or three guys fell onto Andrew Luck. And they said, how oh, the didn't call it because Patriots got, got the play. No, this is what happens. Anytime a new rule comes into the league, a discretion call specifically, it is called entirely too much in the early parts of the season. And as the league adjusts, the refs adjust to this, you'll see the calls less and less. Week four in the or week three in the NFL saw seventeen roughing the passer calls, and week four saw five. That's a dramatic difference. So now people and are actually cr- called one back in the um the game. Yeah, exactly. Is that what you said? I'm sorry. No, I, was I, was talking about, I was talking about I was talking about the non one on Andrew Luck that they yep. did from this past week where like two, they were like if it was any other team but the Patriots they would have called it. So now they're crying that they said they want consistency. There's no such thing as consistency in a 16 game season after only five weeks with a brand new rule. If anyone wants to complain about anything, the thing you complain about is the absurd amount of illegal contact calls that are happening in the NFL right now. They're literally up by like. Like 70% right now, and every game has 10 more on average than it did the previous season. It, that is the bigger problem than the roughing the passer call. And you just have, remember when the targeting rule came up a few years ago and it was being called so much yeah, yeah. early in the season, and then about halfway through it stopped, and then fans stopped complaining. I fans are damned I, if you do, damned if you don't. It's more the optics than anything else. Of course, because they're going to show the highlights of a bad call. And don't get, there's, there were, there there's, were there's horrendous. Always, there, of course, but every season, forever, there's been bad roughing the passer calls. The, but it's just been in big spots. Spots the problem recently. with the NFL is they, they don't never, do anything right. They don't do anything right. And yeah, this so is no exception. I just want fans to understand that if you're not seeing the same kind of calls, it doesn't have anything to do with a bias. And I hate the Patriots. So if anyone's going to call bias towards them, it's going to be me. And the, the league is just going to stop calling those as often. It has to be very obvious that it's going to happen. And you can't say that you want them to call it because they called it weeks ago. They're trying to fix that. Yep. So quit bitching. Bitch about the illegal contact if you want something legitimate to bitch about. All right, Ralph, what do you have for us okay. gross? And are we recording this? Because is it actually gross? I don't know. So What is it? This is something I literally went to the store the other day on Thursday, and I picked up a can. I've never seen this product. Okay, wait, I, wait. You can't just say you picked up a can. You well, had to see the can. You didn't just say can. <laughs> you okay. had to know what it was. I uh. saw a can and picked it up. I've never heard of this product. I know nothing about this product. But I said this is for the show. Can you read what this can is? All right, so this can, I'm going to turn the camera here. Um, It is Jamaican Irish Moss Peanut Drink uh, made by Big Bamboo. Um, Ingredients include water, sugar, milk, peanut butter, roasted peanuts. I don't know what the fuck this is. Look at the nutrition facts. (laughs) Um. 250 calories, 11 grams of fat, 5 grams saturated fat, 50 milligrams of cholesterol, 339 milligrams of sodium, 
37 grams of carbohydrates. 37 well, grams of, of that carbs. has to be fiber, right? Um, dietary fiber, one. Total sugars. No, 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 not one. Less one, than 1%. One, yeah, less than 1%. Total sugars, 29 grams. Includes 26 grams of added sugar. Protein, three grams. <laughs> Crack this son so of a bitch So I have open. no idea what this is. It could be delicious. It could be awful. I'm going to say it's probably going to be delicious. All right, let's see. Go All for right. it. I'm going to pour it in the panda glass. The panda glass that was sake for my birthday. It's <laughs> really, really thick. It looks like cum. It does. Did you shake Taylor, it before uh, you opened Taylor's it? trying to FaceTime you. Of course he is. Trying to FaceTime him? No. Oh, gonna... I'm in the middle of Here. recording, and now I have to start again. Do I, you want any? She's... I kind of want to sip of it. <laughs> <laughs> do, we right. have a, do we have a cup? We have solo cups over there, Matt. Go grab a yeah. solo cup. Yeah, it's, of course, Taylor's filming me while I have to splice these videos together now. You just made more work for me, shit dick. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Okay. Ah, uh, uh, for beer pong. Probably. <laughs> Just take a sip from here after I do. Um, that works. Oh, yeah, Drew, you have a coffee cup right there. Why didn't you just use that, you dingus? And now you're going to have a, a chaser in it. Okay. <laughs> oh, true. So, uh, All right, on, th go. on three. One, One two, two, three. three. It's not bad. It's it just, doesn't taste like anything, it's really. really. No, it tastes like peanut. Like peanut juice. It tastes like watered down peanut butter. Yeah. Peanut butter smoothie kind of thing. Peanut butter? <laughs> uh, like, I don't know what you're talking about. I wouldn't say it's good, though. No, it's not good. It's not good. I could totally see if I drink an entire can of this, I'm going to dump everywhere. It's, the texture is horrible. Yeah, no, it's like a creamy, pasty, horse semen taste. Yeah. Oh. But I can't stop drinking it. Finish it. I don't want any more of this. All right. So that's episode Okay, 20. real quick. These are the uh, stories we didn't get go, to. Go, go. We have three. DEA places blame on the opioid epidemic on emo rap music. LaCroix faces lawsuit for allegedly including cockroach insect killer in its sparkling water. Lil Xan explains how hot Cheeto sent him to the hospital. We're right, done. Wait, I had one more. Oh. Um, uh, author of How to Murder Your Husband um, in 2011 arrested for murdering her husband. All right. So <laughs> I'm Ralph. I'm Dan. See you next week.